Hoppians, hopping your Tardises, you're listening to another episode of Doctor, huh? Huh? Why is it so long and there's three episodes? What? Why are there three episodes? You mean Doctors. What is three this doctors. some kind of anniversary? Last time I saw this many doctors, I was getting ready for surgery. <laughs> they were observing me for all my freak problems. <laughs> um, I am your archival footage brother, Jordan. <laughs> and what a pain in the ass this episode was to edit for me, Sam, a.k.a. the defective one. I'm the curator of spicy memes uh, for four dollars. Uh, epic memes for four dollars, Jordan. Jordan's referencing some dumb shit that Elon Musk said recently. <laughs> Jordan, how's it going? Uh, it is going just fine. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I I had a, a pain in the ass day of work. People people are reliant on me, which is it's good in terms of I'm probably not going to get fired. Uh, but it's bad. But you got it. You can't just you can't just put on. Uh, you can't load up Doom on your PC and play or like play some Quake. I mean, I'm anymore. playing Doom and Quake on my dual monitor setup at all times during work. It's just annoying when I have to pause for a second to help people out with stuff. <laughs> Sam, Sam, Sam! Our our whole IT department is on fire. Please grab the fire extinguisher and get and I'm down sitting here. They're like, "Yeah, I love Death Stranding. This is awesome." But then someone pings me on Discord. I mean, Teams. You get you get a ping on Teams and it, and it, it uh, plays a little team sound, which goes like Sam, Sam. Uh, oh yeah, let me let me think. What's the noise that traumatizes me the most? I'm so glad that you also have like a stress response to the Microsoft Teams uh, buttons because uh, <laughs> I was at the doctor's office one time and they used Teams and I was like hearing every single bleep and bloop that their computers were making, and it was just really upsetting me. You know what really bothers me, though? Hmm. Uh, I've I've found that this really, really pisses me off, is when people, instead of sending you a message that says, like, hey, could you give me a hand with this thing? Like, oh, I got this error message. Can you tell me what to do? When people just message me, hi, Sam. Oh, 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 I don't like the way you said that. Hi, Sam. I, That's how I, it sounds to me when I get a, a message that says, hi, Sam. I read it as, hi, Sam. <laughs> and then they come over to you and they try to talk to you about Calico cut pants. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I work from home, but I, I splashed some water on my pants when I was yeah. washing my hands earlier. So I did have to go up to Lauren and make the joke. Uh-huh. Um, can you like? It's so fucking annoying though. Just say what say what you want. Can you imagine if you just fucking got an email that was like, "Hello, Jordan," and you're like, "Great, th- thank you." Now I have to send an email in response. What do, that's what's like, up? Hi, what's what do you, up? What? Anyway, it doesn't matter. I shouldn't put this off any longer. We're talking about series. Nope. We're talking about the first of the 2013 specials, which is after series seven. Day of the Doctor, written by Stephen Moffat, directed by Nick Hearn. We're also watching Night of the Doctor, written by Stephen Moffat, directed by John Hayes, and The Last Day, written by Stephen Moffat, directed by Jamie Stone. These are the 50th anniversary specials. 50 goddamn years of funny, zany British men doing time shenanigans. Mm-hmm. What did Jordan? Yeah? What did you think? Well... I hate to break it to you, Sam, but the, uh, I did see Clara Oswald on screen. We got Clara in the mix. So, I mean, we don't usually do letter rankings at the start, but D minus, just, you know, right for <laughs> okay. D minus for Clara. No, uh, listen, I don't know. 
I don't know how I feel about this. Like, I don't know how it resonates with me. It feels wrong to say. Uh, but Steven knocked it out of the fucking park. I mean, holy yes, shit. I mean, this how... episode was fantastic. This is such a good episode. It was like, and honestly, having been da- dibbling and dabbling in some of that classic Doctor Who made it so much more fun and satisfying. Yes. It was oh my just, God. it was just great. When, I, when like, I heard fucking Sylvester McCoy's voice going, like, oh, come in, Gallifrey. It's just like, it, it just like stimulates the pleasure centers of my brain. Like I, I will choose to see Sylvester, you know, I'm, I've often been put in these situations where I'm placed in a little box. Okay. And on one side of the box is a button that I can press to get a piece of cheese. And on the other <laughs> side of the box is a button that Lucky. I can press to hear, to hear Sylvester McCoy be like, Ah, yes, Brigadier. Well, we are trying to go find the Daleks. What do you say, Ace? And I'll push that button every time until I starve to death 100% of the time. Um, but no, he's not in the episode that much, but who is in the episode is, uh, Matt, Matt Smith. Whoa, what was that? That was Craig. Oh, uh, Matt Smith, uh, who was crushing it this week, actually, uh, pretty much, yeah. uh, as good of Matt Smith as we ever have seen. And David mm-hmm. Tennant was there as the 10th yes, doctor. This is our first multi-doctor episode. I love seeing, I thought I was going to hate seeing all these doctors goofing and gabbling around, but they I, were so fun to see on the screen was, together. Yeah, it was really fun getting to see them play off each other. I think it was interesting and, in terms of, because sorry, this is, go ahead. this is, the I, I believe the episode after this is the final eleventh Doctor episode, right? Which means that we are at a point with these two characters where they have had plenty of time to establish their characters, develop them, their mannerisms, their different quirks, and boy, do they have them quirks. So I've I've said before that I think. I, I've had a hard time really placing what the Eleventh Doctor's deal is, but I think having the two of them contrasted directly against each other actually did make them both feel really good. They and they, and I'm gonna and, say it. Uh, don't roll back the tapes because I have never said anything critical about unnumbered doctors. I was really curious how you'd feel about this because uh, I this love the war doctor. The war doctor played by the late and, and, and great John Hurt, uh, was, uh, just a, just amazing. So good. And it was one of those things that I was like, damn, if he had like a season, like if he, he had an Eccleston run, oh, oh. Oh man, I would have loved to see more of John Hurt as the Doctor, but yeah, you know, I also think you know we've talked before about how Stephen Moffat is good at like having cool ideas. Mm -hmm. A lot of the time, it feels like he doesn't really execute on on the larger story arcs. But I think that this was a a a story full of a bunch of cool ideas strung together in a very satisfying way. There is one. I think the really good thing, yeah, there is one subplot that completely fizzles out and doesn't really get resolved and i didn't actually think about it until afterwards so i think i'm gonna give him a pass for that like i think the thing that the strength of this is that it isn't a season-long arc it's a Mm -hmm. it's a long it's an extra long episode and steven does one episode or two-parters the best that's like what he's good at writing like i'll say it like i like steven's writing when he's doing that uh, and I, I know, uh, cause he wrote some, <laughs> he wrote some bangers. We, we gotta admit, we gotta, we gotta respect. I don't, I don't uh, remember but, if we've seen any of them yet, but. Yeah, we saw the Doctor Dances. 
Oh, that was a Stephen Moffat. You're right. Anyways, the point is, and I've also seen more of his his good eps, uh, good eps TM. But point is that when you let give Stephen Moffat like just one, he he'll <laughs> he'll usually do a good job. And this is a this was a great. So, do you want to start? Well, I, talking, I do need to yeah. say one thing just to mm-hmm. get this out of the way. We we actually received a Tumblr message from someone I saw. It uh-huh. was like, I hope, I hope you know that there's good Clara to be found. I had no problem with Clara in this episode. I was gonna say she was unoffensive. I didn't like her, but I, I didn't. thought she had one moment that I genuinely liked. There was one Clara moment that made me laugh. I hope it's the same one, but was it she the was part where she slipped on a banana peel and she threw <laughs> all her stuff in the air and went, "Oh no, well, I'm so clumsy!" Begonias. But then she does like a triple backflip and lands it. She says, oops, I'm so clumsy. And then she Naruto runs away. (laughs) Uh, Do you want to start by talking about the shorts, or do you want to talk about those after? Yeah, yeah, or what do you want? Because the shorts aired, I think, the day before. And they're uh, very, they're very little. Like, I was expecting more out of them, but I think think they were- I think the first had some, had some good substance to it. I, I liked them both. They're I actually fun. liked the second one a little bit more than the first because the I thought it was just like the... a cool little story. Yeah, it's like a cool little like you know three minute like sci-fi, almost a sci-fi horror story or something. Yeah, it's whereas cool. the first one, Night of the Doctor, felt more like a prologue, like a preamble to. It was also just a little bit of uh, it was just a little bit of backfilling. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, it was kind of cool to see uh, the Eighth Doctor, I guess. Yeah, I, I never thought I'd see the day. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I'm pretty sure the only other way we'll ever get to see this guy is if we make, like, a an incomprehensible amount of Patreon money that we're never making. No, no, so. no we're not that far from the goal for, for oh, that. okay. Hey, if we get to $100 a month on Patreon, we'll watch the Doctor Who movie. <laughs> and we'll put it up in the public feed, I think. Yeah, of course. So which one are we talking about first? Which one? We're starting with The Night of the Doctor, uh, featuring the Eighth Doctor. Interestingly enough, I didn't quite realize until watching this, because the Eighth Doctor was introduced, and I think this was the first time he reappeared in Doctor Who since the TV movie, which was his one appearance. Yeah. I don't think I quite realized that he was... While he wasn't on the show Doctor Who, he was the Doctor for a long time. Because was there he was, like I in think, like audiobooks? Years between the movie and the show right. coming back. Yeah. And was he in audio dramas and stuff? Was he in? He prose? was in audio dramas. He was in books. Yeah. There was a lot of Eighth Doctor media, um, and we we see that when he names like five companions that we've never heard of. <laughs> Are you sure they went from the Doctor Who fan wiki? <laughs> I am quite it's sure. It's not a, it's not a, what, who's that, uh, who's that, who's that comedian weird, uh, oh, Diane Morgan. Diane Phil Morgan. Yeah. Yeah. Feel, yeah. It's not. So, so yeah, the, the, the Night of the Doctor begins, uh, we're, we're in the middle of the Great Time War that we've heard so much about. I, I also was wrong. I had assumed that the Time War was the plot of the movie. I think that it was, made up after the movie. It was, yes. Um, I believe the Time War was created just to kind of, kind of clear the board for the doctor a little bit i think right and i think it was actually a really good choice uh for them to do that i i was i've been thinking about this a lot um because of this episode of like what what did we get out of the time war besides like well okay we got some angst for the doctor right there's a lot of like but also all of this stuff that you might need to know if you're a new viewer uh you know joining in 2000 whatever 
you don't need to worry about because all those people are gone. <laughs> right. I was just thinking about like, oh, well, you know, there was Romana. Uh, not anymore. Yeah, not anymore. I guess she's gone. Uh, the Time Lord, or the Time Lady companion, that's all this stuff that we, we don't ever have to worry about. So. The doctor's granddaughter. Yeah, I, I never even. I, uh, that's such like a. Uh, we a still big, don't really know what's going yeah, on there. Yeah, such allegedly. a big question mark to me that the doctor has a granddaughter that he doesn't ever talk about, or if she is his real granddaughter, like biologically, or if he I did read her. a quote about this at some point that where it was like people were upset about the doctor being established to have a granddaughter because they they didn't want to think that he had ever had sex. <laughs> They're like, doctor, you which can't. I mean, certainly when I see the eleventh doctor, I think, God, I hope that man's never had sex. God, when I, I look at the Tenth Doctor, I say, You're like, I know for guy's... a fact that that man has had sex with his wife, Queen Elizabeth I. <laughs> and his son uh, is on House of the Dragon, and you see his, and you see his buttocks. Okay, so, <laughs> yes, it's the Time War, the, the, there's a crashing ship, uh, the TARDIS is, like, chasing after it, and he, he appears inside of the ship, and he says, hello, I'm the Doctor. I'm the Eighth Doctor, Hello. I couldn't, and, and I couldn't really get a read on the Eighth Doctor from what little we saw. Yeah, nothing. Really nothing. We don't really get. We don't really get a, be, get a vibe I, out I, of him. I'd like to see him again sometime. I'd like to get a hundred dollars for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd, yeah. Like to, <laughs> I'd like to split one hundred dollars <laughs> with my brother. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, he he basically the, there's one uh, like survivor aboard the ship, uh, and the second she sees his TARDIS and recognizes him as the Doctor, she becomes incredibly hostile to the point of saying, "I will die here." On my ship, rather than uh, be helped by you. Yes, he, time, he like, says he says something like, "Oh, you don't need to be afraid of me. I'm not a Dalek." And she says, "What's the difference between a Dalek and a Time Lord at this right. point?" And this, I think, is cool because uh, you know the the we understand, uh, and I don't think we we as uh, as on our podcast have gotten to episodes where it's you know explained that the do- the Doctor's actions somehow wiped out the Time Lords and the Daleks. It's it's been discussed before, but it's like, why would he do that? Well, the war was killing so many other people. Yes, yeah, that's like basically couple- what we're learning yeah. here is that the time war was so horrific that it was like destroying the world. Like it was destroying like the whole universe. The universe, like yeah, there there were like entire planets like wiped out. That had nothing to do with the war, just like just completely caught in the crossfire, um, and yeah, I, I I like that because we at least I don't really know much about Gallifrey, but I like that we aren't basically just going like, oh yeah, Gallifrey was this like wonderful utopia. Like right. no, I mean we already know from uh, City of Death, the the fourth Doctor serial that. That the they doctor love himself AI art. was like kind of sick of Gallifrey. He's like, uh-huh. they, it's it's a society that has like sort of lost a taste for like art and creation, which yeah. is a little bit counter to some of the stuff we see in this episode. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, they have some pretty kick ass art on Gallifrey, but uh, <laughs> but you know they didn't know that in 1980, whatever. But yeah, she like seals the the like security door or whatever uh that he and his TARDIS are in and, and is like, yeah, I will I will rather crash and die than escape in a TARDIS with a Time Lord. Oh god, she had a she had a really harsh line which was She said, fuck you, fuck your mother. I'm yeah, pretty sure no, she, what says, she said go back to your battlefield. You still haven't finished yet. Some of the universe is still standing. 
Damn. I was like, okay, I don't know what the time war is, but it's really bad, apparently. Well, they're gonna quantify the doctor's decision in number of dead children, so... Oh, yeah, there's one, there's another line that where he's like, I'm not leaving without you, and she's like, oh, so Good. you'll die too. Best news I've heard all day. Right. She's just like, awesome, I want this dude to be dead. Yeah, whatever the Time Lords are doing in this war is, is no good. It's not great. Uh, the uh, ship does go down and lands on a planet, and... Uh, Karn. The- Karn, and the Doctor wakes up surrounded by berobed ladies, who are the sisters of Karn, probably from another uh, episode. The Richards we- of Karn. Uh-huh. And uh, I believe the uh, the woman on the ship is there, too, but she's, like, dead. She's yeah. unresponsive. And uh, Cass. Cass is her name. Cass. Uh, Very he, important. The Doctor wakes up. He's yelling for Cass. And the head weirdo sister uh, is like, oh, yeah, she's almost certainly dead your companion and he's like yeah she wasn't my companion uh the the sister of karn explains and i i think i think this is continuity i think i read that karn is a thing but uh sure feels they, like one they have like found some kind of elixir of life and they are all like immortal and they're keeping the him, doctor yeah they've given him some they've given him a little a little juice and they say you've got about four minutes uh, and in these four minutes, we are going to, uh, we're going to help you, you create a build. This is like what we've been talking about. We're going to let is, you respec. Is, this is literally what we were talking about. Does he ever get a choice? This is the one time. And he said, I want to be John Hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want to be the legendary actor, John Hurt, please. Thank yeah. you. So he, um, I thought, I thought this was pretty cool, uh, because yeah, they say like, we've got all these elixirs, elixirs and potions and ointments, uh, that we can slop onto you that'll let you choose who who you want to regenerate as uh because the the war is it's it's ruining everything and you are the only hope left for ending it and the and doctor says, says something he he says something that i think is mirrored in something the doctor has has said multiple times about like he doesn't like to hurt people i think i can't remember what he said i chose this name for good or he says something along those lines like, something like that. he said yeah. he says i i'm not i refuse to fight in the time war like he's he's been running away from the war right. this entire time he's a he's, he's a conscientious like, I'm, I'm a objector yeah i'm Doc- a doctor he took the hippocratic Hi- hippocratic oath or whatever they have on gallifrey right the and oath bring- of the oath of omega which says <laughs> do all do yes harm <laughs> <laughs> they bring in Cass, who is in fact completely dead and uh the the weirdo sister is like how how many more will you let die like what what would she, what would she say if she knew that you had an opportunity to stop this war and you you threw it away and he he thinks about it and he's like all right there there there's no more need for a doctor in this world make me a warrior and she says okay you will be an 80 year old i'm going to put you i'm going to make you the oldest man you ever seen no <laughs> one fights a war the no war doctor is an old man aside from they wanted john hurt to john play hurt. him it's cuz he causes though. it's cuz his last name is hurt it's what he knows how to do i don't know what to tell john you john bring the pain <laughs> His middle name is John Causes Hurt. <laughs> John Causes Hurt. John, you're in for a world of hurt. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. there, there's a, an epic moment. Uh, there's a lot of epic moments in, in these episodes. This is one of the epic moments where I say epic moment with a an air of irony. The epic <laughs> moment where he takes the smoking goblet and he says, 
will it hurt? And she says, yes. And he says, good. Oh, wow. Very Joker. <laughs> and then he drinks it. And, it, and it's Well, full. before he drinks it, he says, Charlie, Cariz, Lucy, Tamsin, Molly. And Prentice. I was like, wow, no fucking respect for Lila or Ace. But then I, <laughs> I looked it up. These were all Eighth Doctor audio drama That's so fucked up that they, like, had that. The show the, the show whose continuity is so bad that there's probably, like, six other times that Gallifrey got exploded and seven other times that Scarrow got exploded. But also, every single companion that the Eighth Doctor, who is in a movie ever had is is featured on this on this episode and Stephen moffat the fucking nerd the fucking nerd that he is i see you little man you little rat your little doctor who with your little cheese i see you and you were just fucking waiting he's been waiting his whole career to be like i want to talk about the eighth doctor's companions once i think that's cool i like i like that they're they're just straight up saying like yeah all those adventures that the eighth doctor went on when the show wasn't airing those pros, are, those are pros pros is canon pros is canon so we uh we know this to be true so robin hood is a is a time lord <laughs> uh confirmed god that episode would have been so much better if they had that little that little, little cheese man i tell you cheese. what though yeah i did I because I don't want spoilers. I didn't like read this list. Yeah, you want. I was on Wikipedia looking at the list of companions, and he has one in the movie, and in the books and audio dramas and all that, he's got like twenty five companions over that run of media. I'm not sure, but I think that he might have the most companions of any. Oh, doctor almost certainly. Ever. But of course, he was also apparently the doctor for fifteen years. So yeah, most doctor. I mean, that, that's. Uh, that eclipses Baker, I think. Uh, he wow. says, "Physician, heal thyself," uh, which Lauren tells me is a big gif. Yeah, in the in the community, uh, like he chugs, he glows, he dro- he fucking drops dead, and he <laughs> he wakes up and he puts on Cass's bandolier. <laughs> that was says, really weird. Doctor, no more. And then he and, opens fire he, and he kills he, all the sisters. He says, "He says, Doctor, no more." And then he says, "I am not the Doctor. I'm the War Doctor. So I guess I am still partially a Doctor." Does he say like, the War Doctor? No, okay. I don't think so. I okay. guess maybe I also he was just, lying when I said that he shot all the women. <laughs> he says, "I am. You can call me the War Doctor." I have fuckers. a question for you because you watched this after the episode. Yeah, did they digitally de-age John Hurt in his reflection? No, I don't think so. Because we see his Actually, reflection. you know what? Maybe they did. We see his reflection, doesn't... and I didn't think it really looked like John Hurt. It didn't look like John Hurt. I think I you're think right. That, I, think they... I think that we're meant to believe that he was the he's war been... doctor for he... quite some time. He's been fighting this war for like 30 years. But did... yeah. I guess I guess Time Lord bodies do age then, because... Well, the first like six doctors are old-ass men, but... They're all fucking grandpas and meemaws, but and we love then, that. But like, if Jodie Whittaker stayed the Doctor forever, would it be like Grandma Jodie? I mean, I guess they can't stop the actress from <laughs> aging. That's just kind of life. Jodie, stop! What are you doing? No, <laughs> no, it's in your fucking contract. You're not allowed to age. <laughs> yeah, uh, should we talk I, about the? I, I'm gonna oh, yeah. be curious to to keep a keep an eye out for uh, Tom Baker aging as the Doctor because he was the Doctor for seven years. That's pretty seven long. years. I mean, we look at we look at what time has done to Jonathan Oliver Oliver. 
Uh, that man has been on TV for like three years and he looks like a mummy now. So I disagree. I think that he used to look way worse. I'm just kidding. But he does look (laughs) a lot older than he did when he started it. Like, all right, next up, we're talking about the last day. I don't have as much to say about it. It's about half the length of the first one. It's like three minutes long. It's it's like like, three minutes long. It's like a video game tutorial about plugging your memory helmet into your memory hole of the yes, brain it's all it is all in first person through the eyes of a new gallifreyan recruit uh they they have these like memory implants in their brains that record everything they see there is a funny detail from the like older soldier who's explaining it to him where he's like uh yeah if if you fuck there'll be a big red triangle over it when it gets sent to your family oh yeah it gets sent to your family when you die right and And they say don't they say they they will go and edit anything that is unsuitable for children out yes any any violence the screen will just go red so like wait so cut yeah so like it's just a video of like a soldier just hanging out and doing fucking nothing i don't really know why anyone would want this these gallifreyans they're a bunch of weirdos I mean, they um, like AR, a, for the record, I just want to, cause we're going to probably be referencing this a lot. In the Douglas Adams special, uh, City of Death, uh, uh, Ramona, who is a time- Ramona. Ramona. <laughs> I'll never get it. I'll never get it. Ramona, uh, who is a time lady of Gallifrey. Uh, yes, that is what they call them. That's what uh, they said. Talks about, or they're, they're, they're like in Paris going to the Louvre and the doctor is like, oh, yes, well, Ever since Gallifrey, when they started generating art via computer, the the society has stagnated. I'm a, a, a Greek statue avatar on Twitter, mm-hmm. um, but but no, he apparently Gallifreyans started doing AI art basically uh, yes. textually, and uh, but their AI art is kind of yeah, it, it literally yeah. says that. Uh, but uh, th- there's a sick as fuck because it's in 3D. You could like put your head into it. Yes. It's cool. Yes. Um, okay. Uh, oh, so, yeah, yeah we, like, we see him doing a little bit of training. He's having, like, weird hallucinations. Oh, where, God, like, we're all dying from Daleks. Like, oh, God. And then he's, he has like, a skull remember. face, but his squad mate is like, it's not, they're not premonitions, okay? They're, they're just not hallucinations. That's going to happen. And then they are like, okay, uh, old seasoned soldier, this is the new guy. Don't scare him. Give him a few words. And the he goes, like, hey, I've been in this service for 45 years. And let me tell you, the sky trenches of Gallifrey are the most secure fortifications in all of the universe. No one with a big funny plunger arm will ever be able to destroy yes. these he bad said, boys. He says this is the safest place on Gallifrey. Uh, this is Arcadia is the name of the city, which I'm sure we'll hear again at some point. Uh, because nothing in history has ever made it through a Gallifreyan sky trench. And right above them, there are 400 Gallifreyan sky trenches. Uh, we cut ahead a little bit. Uh, we're looking through this scanner while the the older squad mate is sort of explaining how the job works. He's like, yeah, every little thing that you see, you have to scan it because even one Dalek making it through our defenses could be the fall of, of Arcadia. Uh, because even though the doctor, even though Ace has beaten the shit out of a Dalek with a baseball bat already... Like, an entire army of Gallifreyan soldiers is apparently fucking useless. <laughs> but, um... Well, so they, yeah, haven't learned, like, they haven't learned the trick to defeat Daleks, which is to duck under them, so they can't blast you. I love the trick. Uh, so he says, yeah, oh, oh, look, there, there's a little speck on the screen. It's probably just a bird or something. Go ahead and zoom in and lock on, and what you're gonna do is you're gonna push that button to enhance the image and... Uh, 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 uh... Uh oh! 
I shouldn't have eaten that big bowl of cereal when I was saying that they will never attack, never get through. Yeah, dozens of Daleks start popping into the sky in above Arcadia, and then the recording cuts off there. It's mm-hmm. it's a it's a pretty cool little, it's pretty little cool. story. It's all right. It's all right. It's, all it's right. not it's not amazing, but I I definitely thought it was... something to uh, justify downloading the BBC iPlayer app <laughs> or watching it on YouTube in this day and age. Mm-hmm. In this day and age. Um, so now we get to the episode proper, I believe. It's time. The day of the doctor. The day of the doctor, Kalisi. It's the day of the doctor. The day of the doctor. Oh, we got, we got a cool got, little retro theme song. Was this song like William there? Hartnell's, like, the original Doctor Who theme or something? Something like it. And did you notice... Did you oh, notice, I fucking that, noticed Cla- that Clara, that Clara teaches taught at, at Cole the Hill fucking, Secondary the School? The Remembrance of the Dalek School. Da, 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 da. Well, I, I, I don't remember if we've talked about this before. I did learn that the school at Remembrance of the Daleks is the school from the first episode of Doctor right. Who. Because I saw Shortage, which is where Clara teaches, and the first thing I think of is, is you know, my favorite episode, Remembrance of the Daleks, but... Apparent, but then of course that episode is a big, long, extended callback where they revisit uh, the uh, the first episode of Doctor Who. So it's all it's all cyclical. Uh, uh-huh. But I I did appreciate this was it. also full of callbacks. I just didn't get as many of them. Yeah, there was I, a well, lot actually, of no. I yeah. got I got some of them, which is more than I got in Remembrance of the Daleks. Come to think of it. <laughs> uh, so Clara uh, gets a call from the Doctor. Th- so this is. This is after season seven. We kind of get the sense that they, uh, like this is like sort up. of a reunion for them. Yeah. Uh, she gets really excited. She, she gets on her motorcycle and goes motorcycling, but it wasn't a Decker style look how badass, which I did appreciate. It was just a it normal. It does seem it's just she's a riding mode her of transportation. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't do any stunts. She didn't. Well, there was that part where she she ramped off the back of a of a ramp truck. Uh, she finds the TARDIS. It's parked on a road in the middle of nowhere. She, I, you know what? I'm wrong. She does ride her motorcycle directly into the TARDIS through the doors, <laughs> which I I thought was fine. Uh, the Doctor is reading a book labeled Advanced Quantum Mechanics, but you can tell that he printed out the cover and put it onto the book because he's actually reading porno. We do see the porno. We do. We do see the porno. It's a special they show treat it. for the fiftieth anniversary. <laughs> uh, they they start making plans for like all the adventures they could go on now that they're reunited. M- Mesopotamia, Mars, cocktails on the moon. Uh, but suddenly the TARDIS starts shaking and flies into the air because a helicopter with a big claw has picked it up. All of you, fucking Thomas the Tank Engine. Uh, fans out there will recognize this as a nod to uh, Claw, uh, who in Japanese was voiced by Takaya Kuroda, aka, uh, no, Pincer, I think is what his name is. Or is he Crane? He was the Crane. I'm mixing this shit up. Oh, no. Who cares? Uh, I care so much. He's voiced uh, by th- the Kiryu guy. He's voiced Japan. by, yeah. That's all yeah. you wanted to say. That's all. Uh, <laughs> and also the, the big funny Thomas, the tank engine crane is what is picking up the TARDIS. No, it's a big yeah, helicopter. The, the helicopter pilot looks down and sees that the doctor is sticking his head out and he goes, Nanny. <laughs> uh, it's, it's unit. Uh, the unit is back in this one. Um, and Yay. they, they are, uh, they are direct delivering the doctor's TARDIS to, uh, to 
uh, the National Portrait Gallery in Trafalgar yes. Square. Well, here's the thing. We learn there's there's a, a scientist named Osgood who we'll see more Who of. set off so many alarms for me because I was remembering Clara Oswin. I was also very surprised. Was I like, I was this a, was this a Claire? S- I was like, yeah, is this a Clairsona? Is this Completely another one? irrelevant. No connection yeah. to Clara. Uh, the only two things you need to know about Osgood for now are she has a funny she, scarf. And she has and an, an inhaler. inhaler. Yeah. Uh, so she is uh, working for the chief scientific officer of unit, Kate Lethbridge-Stewart. Uh, hey, she's where, the... no, where have we heard that name before? Oh my god, from the old ones? <laughs> he loved to say that. We love to say brigadier with you a love bold to say R. It. <laughs> I do love to say I it. I hate to say me, it because you it makes me pretend to say it like that and it, I can't. I, I, this I is the brigadier's daughter. Brigadier! Thank you. Uh, so here's what's happening because Osgood runs over to Kate and is like, "Ma'am, we've we've got a call from the doctor. He he says, "What are you doing to the TARDIS that he's inside of?" And Kate answers the phone and she's like, "Oh, uh, hey, I didn't know that you were in it. I I thought that you like lost it and we were retrieving it for you." I love how they just saw it. They didn't even think to knock. They just saw it and they it's picked so funny from helicopter. I love, also, I love when she uh-huh. she's like. Oh, hey, Doctor, uh, yeah, we actually found your TARDIS on the side of the road. We're uh, bringing it in. And he's like, yeah, I fucking know. Um, I will say uh, I was a little critical of Doctor dangling from the TARDIS by his feet like shenanigans. That was a it was bit wacky. Much for me. I, I it was a little it was too fun. wacky. I thought it was uh, fun. And we get these, like, drone shots or helicopter shots or whatever of, like, they're just pulling this fucking thing all over downtown London. Uh and I did they, like the joke when Osgood is like, uh, uh, "Ma'am, how are how are what's our cover story for this?" <laughs> oh, oh no, sorry. It, Kate asks her, "What's our cover story?" And Osgood says, "Darren Brown." And Kate says, "Again?" I don't know what that means. You know, I thought we've talked about Darren Brown. Maybe, maybe, uh. Darren uh, Brown is a a British magician slash mentalist. He's done oh, a lot of like, okay, okay. He's done a lot of sure, like sure. psychology stuff. He. Sure. I think I think he, his stuff is really cool, um, and yeah, he he does a lot of stuff like showing showing how you can like mess with people's heads in public and stuff like that. I see, but not in like a douchebag kind of way, which I think mm. is the key to Darren Brown being pretty cool. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so they they get out of the TARDIS. They're in front of the National Gallery, and Kate hands him a letter saying uh, he's been summoned by order of Queen Elizabeth the First. And here is here is her letter, and I I can take you inside the gallery to show you uh, the proof that this is really from her, um, which will make sense later. Actually, I didn't and think about as it until we now. know as we know about the Doctor and Queen Elizabeth the First relationship. This letter is fucking horny as hell. It's disgusting. We probably yeah. can't air it. What she said. The Doctor, by the way, does compliment Osgood's scarf. I get it. Um, I was kind of waiting. I was kind of waiting the whole episode for, like, that scarf to be not just a reference. And, I mean, I'm glad it isn't. Don't get me wrong. I was, but I thought, like, at the end, when the, the curator shows up, he would be like, Hello, uh, do you have mind you seen my, my scarf? Have you seen my famous scarf? Oh, thank you. Uh, I have a, I have something I need to say, because you gave me a lot of shit when I said that I wanted Bill to bowl a hole in one. <laughs> this is fully... Osgood has Chekhov's scarf and Chekhov's inhaler. Right. <laughs> the Both of these affectations, if you can call an inhaler an affectation, 
uh, are going <laughs> to come fucking, into play. Her fucking, her fucking, it's her thing. It's her signature is that she has asthma and needs That's to right. take an inhaler. She doesn't, uh, so, that, that, yeah, that didn't So Clara asks shit. if he knew Queen Elizabeth the first, and he says, I don't know, we don't need to talk about that. Uh, and he, he mentions that he works for unit, I guess, like, whenever he doesn't have anything to do, like, between series, he'll just, like, go work for unit. This I really did like, fairly consistent was thing with something him. kind of funny to me about the 11th Doctor just, like, trying to rub it in that he is employed. I I thought it was pretty funny. He's like, "Yep, yeah. I've got a job." I've got also, a job the fact that Clara like refuses to believe it, she's like, "There's right. no fucking way now you have a job." He's like, he's he's like really offended that she doesn't believe him. I've seen he's I've like, seen the se- a job. I've seen the second Doctor. There ain't no fucking way you had a job. <laughs> You're the cosmic hobo. There's no way Pretzel has a job. <laughs> uh, so so Kate unveils this big painting, uh, which she says is the proof that this really came from Queen Elizabeth. Um, it's she says cool the painting hell. has two titles. Uh, they're not sure which one is the official one. It's either called No More or Gallifrey Falls. And, and the, the painting... doctor is shocked to see it. Right. And to describe this painting, it is a painting of like a, uh, alien it's Arcadia. futuristic. It's Arcadia. It's a cool, like future alien city. It's on fire. It's all orange and fucked up and burning and attacking. Mm. But the painting itself is, uh, is like th- a 3D, Almost looks like a diorama. Uh, I hate to, to make this comparison, but when they like go into the, they don't physically go into the painting, but when the camera's like panning around, it made me think of the, uh, the Halo 3 commercial that makes the gamers cry. <laughs> the most emotional commercial you I was curious I, where you were going with I that. I remember when I picked up my battle rifle. And for me, fought. it was, it was just, oh, it's like a Nintendo 3DS. <laughs> it is like an int- yeah it's like you look inside you can't get in there but you can like kind of move your head around and see the depth and perspective yeah the um, doctor describes time lord art as a it's it's like a snapshot of a moment so what uh, um what what uh what prompts did they type in for this city <laughs> fire gallifrey tragedy uh 3D, tragic but beautiful huge tragic tits. but beautiful <laughs> there's one big titty anime lady somewhere in the city uh, but she's like way in the back 3D 3D depth uh, so uh, he he tells Clara, uh, oh, and uh, for a lot of this episode, there's going to be occasional, like, quick cutaways to the doctor, like, screaming and, like, holding someone's hand. And we'll find out what that is later, I think. I'm still a little uh, unclear, possibly. but it, it's trauma, basically. Um, so he says that uh, another him was at this scene, the one that he doesn't talk about. Uh, the the life that he tries to forget living, and he says this is the day that he did it, the day he killed them all. Uh, I do think it's interesting because we'll we'll catch up to the tenth Doctor very shortly. I think it's interesting that the eleventh Doctor, who is a couple hundred years older than the tenth Doctor, seems to be pretty consistently more detached from this stuff than the tenth Doctor is. The tenth Doctor yeah. seems to take ownership of it a lot more, whereas the eleventh tends to phrase it a lot more like oh when he did this horrible thing and i actually i, I, thought I feel that was like a cool they, they made a direct comparison to this episode uh probably relating to something that the 11th doctor had to do in his special in his like round of the series where where the 10th doctor is like or the, the 11th doctor is like you would want to forget it to if you had to deal with dot 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 something like that like he mm-hmm. there's some some recent pain has has pushed this 
to the to the back mm-hmm. of his mind. Uh, yeah. But either way, uh, Doctor gets into shit. the painting, and we mm-hmm. fly through the city. Uh, he describes the last day of the Time War. Uh, I don't remember if we made it explicit earlier, uh, but it is a war between Time Lords and Daleks. I think we said that, but in case we did it, there it is. Uh, and he says that there was there was one man in the Time War who had more blood on his hands than any other, who committed a crime that would silence the universe, and that man was me, the War Doctor, played by the great John Hurt. <laughs> Um, we then see John Hurt. We see a lot of shots of, uh, you know, they, it's, it's, it's war as hell. Uh, they really want to focus on the kids, uh, for, for reasons that we will bring up later. Mm-hmm. There's lots of shots of kids and Daleks all over the place. And, the Daleks, and, I have to say, they were not being very funny in this scene. No, not really. They did seem like they were just killing children was kind they of They did their... kind of seem like they were just massacring Lots of everybody. everybody. Yeah. Which I didn't, it didn't really get a lot of laughs from me, to be perfectly No, I was not, I was not clapping and laughing and pointing. No, no. Uh, but, but, um, the, I will, here's a, I will make a complaint. I will make a complaint. Something I didn't like. Um, I think the Gallifrey and soldiers looked a little too much like Halo Marines. <laughs> and I think they should have been wearing something a little bit more, uh, eccentric. Personally. See, this is the thing. I don't. I don't really know Gallifrey too well. I, I don't I know Gallifrey really, either. This but was like, my first time seeing Gallifrey, so I couldn't they, really. I couldn't really say. Oh, much you know about what? They that. did say that. Uh, he did. The doctor didn't. The doctor say that Gallifrey had an orange sky. Was that something he said in? Uh, I in think he did say that. So that was kind of cool. But anyway, the point is, uh, granted, the, doctor, the sky was orange because the city was on fire. But, yeah, yeah, it was always no Arcadia was always on fire. Um, but <laughs> we didn't mention that the the doctor uh, runs up to this uh, colonial space marine uh, and he's like, "Give me a gun." Uh, I don't remember what his voice sounded like. I, sorry, I, I don't remember John Hurt's voice. Sorry, um, but then he uh, I, he. I think it was something like this. I'll, I'll remember. Put these birds in my backpack. Give me a gun for peace and love. <laughs> Put these birds in my backpack. Uh, he he grabs this this marine's gun and shoots. Uh, okay, this is yeah. so. I I said that I didn't get a lot of laughs during this scene. I did get a little bit of a laugh before this part made sense because the war doctor appears. It's the fall of Arcadia. He asks a soldier for his gun and takes it, and he just starts shooting a wall. And I was like, oh my god, he's lost it. <laughs> I thought it was pretty clear right away that he was going to write a message or, or something. Also, I will say I, that I mean, literally, literally, to when be he fair, start, it became clear uh-huh. pretty quickly that he was writing so, something on the wall. But. When he starts firing, the Daleks are like, the doctor is here. We are funny again. <laughs> comedy, comedy, comedy. Uh, but as they uh, as they hover over the corpses of children, uh-huh. yeah, they they just finished clearing out another kindergarten, uh, <laughs> and they are rolling over to the doctor. And then the camera pans back, and we see that the what the doctor has done is write the words "no more" on the wall, mm-hmm. just like the painting is called. And then he just it? he just crashes the TARDIS through the wall, and just like just I splatters fucking, a bunch of Daleks. I loved to see the Doctor crash his TARDIS through a bunch of Daleks. That was very funny. Um, and I really liked to see the TARDIS as a weapon of, of, of war. I mean, I've said <laughs> this before, I just always, I always am delighted to see the TARDIS in flight. In f- just so spinning often around. it teleports and materializes. It's really funny whenever we get to see it flying. 
it's it's a hysterical craft. Let's be. Do you real. think that? Do you think that all the Gallifreyans were looking at that and they were just like, "What the fuck is that?" No, they see it and they immediately clock it as that bastard, the doctor's police box that he stole. <laughs> that weird human thing. That fucking that that horrible dude who's always hanging out on other planets and like seducing Earth women. We don't the like that guy. Of space is that is that why he's such a controversial figure? Is because of all of the interspecies sex that he's having on Earth with the, with the human women. Well, well, they obviously didn't tarnish his reputation enough because, yeah, he did get elected president of time once. (laughs) But that was in his that was in his uh, that was in his seventh doctor days. So, you know, go to the the Gallifreyan war room. There's a general and a politician here who I don't think they look. These dudes look great. They're wearing goofy ass Flash Gordon outfits. Well, the the general and the politician are always going to be dressed more flashily than the the random grunts. Yeah, but, like, they should reflect the values of their society, I think. Like, I'm just saying, give us some flair. Give us some flair. Just a little bit. I just needed to be a little more colorful or I needed to have some, like, a funky hat. A funky... (laughs) Or, like, they needed to have, like, rings on all of their... Like, around their helmet or something. Like a floating ring or a floating orb. Yeah. You're just thinking about Halo. I I think they should all have cool visors that hide their eyes. Well, I was actually thinking about Halo also when he splattered them with his (laughs) And When he he said, I need to get out of here right now. So he stacked up a bunch of grenades by the TARDIS and he shot them and then he just flew off into outer space. One minute remaining. (laughs) Uh, So uh, they they are wondering what the hell that message was that the doctor left. And then... uh, uh, a woman interrupts and says, there's been a security breach in the time vaults in the arsenal of Omega. Oh, I was so pogging when I heard them talking about the arsenal of Omega. And they're like, and and when they're talking about it, they're like, that vault is full of all the weapons that you could use to wipe out, wipe out entire planets. And maybe the doctor. I love this. Yeah. The, the, uh, the, the politician is like, the arsenal where we keep all of our forbidden weapons, we've already used all of them against the Daleks anyway. And the general goes, not all of them. They there's go to one- the vault and mm-hmm. there's a, a pedestal that has, it's empty. And the general says, the moment is gone. The moment is little, the weapon. Little, it is a, he calls it a galaxy eater, a legendary weapon made by ancient Gallifreyans. By uh, It's so powerful that it actually became sentient. And he says nobody has ever used it because it is a weapon of mass destruction that stands in judgment of the user. So I wanna I wanna quickly concept. I wanna quickly uh shame Stephen Moffat for stealing uh Hideo Kojima's writing from Peace Walker, uh the concept of nuclear deterrence via a sentient uh AI that controls whether it launches the missiles or not because it understands ethics is uh it's already been done steven i want to shame steven for uh ripping off kingdom hearts 3 <laughs> uh, for fan service that i really liked what was that oh just the ending Oh, just like a, a lot of the episode, I guess. Just just um, the episode. <laughs> but I really like so, the fact that the if you go on YouTube and look up like twenty thousand dollar puzzle box, um, you will see this. <laughs> uh, you will see this device um, right there. Yeah, I think I've seen Chris Ramsey active. Yeah, Chris Ramsey's always fucking taking those things apart. Uh, but what? So the War Doctor has taken it, obviously, uh, and he's in 
desert question mark question mark question mark. He's just I, gone to some like remote planet. Yeah, he's in like a little shack, you know, on a remote planet. And yeah, uh, he's kind of talking to himself. Uh, he says, uh, like, he basically says, like, I never wanted it to end up like this, but my hand has been forced by the Time Lords and the Daleks alike. Uh, the war will end today, no more. Uh, uh, this is the first time we see his face clearly, and we say, "Hey, that's John Hurt." Yeah, that's John uh, Hurt from from movies. He goes into TV. this like abandoned building. It looks like an old like a greenhouse, maybe, but it's like completely like full of dust and sand. Um, I thought this was a cool, a cool little, cool little building. I liked it. I like this this setting, and I also like this next part because we are all guilty and victims of fan service. Uh, he. He uh, is ready to activate the machine, and uh, all of a sudden, there's a I police. love, before before uh, you get to the, the fan service moment, we do need to say this because it is a Chekhov's joke <laughs> when he looks at this, like, elaborate box of gears and metal gizmos, and he goes, uh, Why is there never a big red button? Mm-hmm. And that um, will come up later. Uh, and then he, he turns around and he sees old Rose Tyler. Uh, it's Rose Tyler, but she's wearing like weird mystical. She's wearing Mad. She's wearing Mad Max like. Uh, she's wearing Mad Max or Fallout clothing or something like cool, like like cool kind of torn tights and 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 kind of fabric. But it, it looks a little rough, but but very stylish. She's also sitting on the box. Uh, he like drags her to the door and like pushes her out of the room, but then she appears again on top of the isn't box. Isn't he like, and she's, isn't he like, that's a weapon of mass destruction, not a, not a chair. And then she says, why can't it be both? From my unique perspective, <laughs> you may like, understand. Uh, she, she says, uh, that, uh, she, oh yeah, she's, she's like kind of taunting him a little bit throughout all this. She's like, why, why'd you park so far away from this place? Is it because you didn't want the TARDIS to see what you were doing? Afraid she wouldn't fuck you again if if she knew what you did. It's gonna teleport you back to uh you're gonna be trying to go to uh whatever that place they're always trying to go is and they brighten and they never end <laughs> up getting there. They're, they, uh, uh she she says like I've been I've been reading your mind. Uh she she's again, she's like taunting him, like, oh no more, no more. Uh and she real she reveals essentially that she is the sentient interface that the the moment carries yeah uh she has a line here that i didn't care for which is look at you stuck between a girl and a box story of your life a eh, doctor and i was like i fucking hope it's not I, that's i i don't want to watch that show no don't make <laughs> me watch it be the story of his life she Always explains by the way because it didn't occur to me until she said yeah. this he has not met rose yet no. So she she's like I can see uh all the different versions of you that you have been and will be and I took a form that I thought would be uh pleasing to you although I think I may have mixed up the I past overshot and the it. I I, I fucked it. I, fu- I fucked it. Oops. I'm sorry. Which it's a total contrivance for Billy Piper to be in it but I I didn't hate it. It was okay. I was, you know, I I, I like Billy Piper, and I was there's enjoying a, seeing her on. There's on a callback TV. that I know is a callback, but I didn't know what it meant, and I'll find out eventually. Where uh, oh, bad bad wolf. Yeah, she's she's like, what is my name again? Rose Tyler. Hmm. No, in this form, I'm called Bad Wolf, and I I know that that's one of the last two Ninth Doctor episodes, but I have no idea what the significance of that is. What it mean? But there you go. Uh. This is the first time that we hear him 
as the war doctor say like don't don't call me the doctor like i've lost the right to use that name for myself don't call me the doctor i'm the war doctor now and this is this is where we learn like oh shit he's been this version of himself for a long time now like he's been at war he's seen some shit he's done some uh, shit he blew up a bus full of dalek children and that's fine uh, like, like, no, this is the thing, you know, you have long since resisted my, uh, my, my suggestions to watch, uh, Deep Space Nine, the best, one of the best TV shows ever made. Uh, but, but this is a Kira Norris type situation. Like, he has done terrorism, and we should respect that of him. I cannot comment on that. I assume that I agree with you, though. <laughs> People uh, who have seen DS9 will agree with me. <laughs> So she says, like, are you are you prepared to live with the consequences of killing all of the Daleks and all of the Time Lords at once? And he says, I have no I have no intention of living after this. And then she, and says, she says, Oh, well, you then want- that'll oh, be your punishment. Cool. Then we'll definitely make sure you live. Uh, and uh, she tells him, uh, she says, like, do you know how many children are on Gallifrey right now? And he says, I don't know. And she says, well, someday you will count all of them. Someday, it's, when you're when you're zanier than ever, you will have quantified the number of children that you had to kill to end the it's, time war. It's, it's interesting, up. and I do think that there's a, a cool sort of dark vibe to it that almost seems to suggest that the reason that he got so zany is is to like cover up the the pain to kind of try to cope with all of that. I thought that was pretty cool. I would say yes, but also not to like burst your bubble, but like the doctor was zany before this. Sure, but even even the war doctor himself when he does meet the other two, he's like, "Oh god." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, how it, like, like, this is the thing though. If he met, if he, if the war doctor went back and met Seven, would he be like, oh yeah, fuck yeah. This dude, get, <laughs> this dude gets it. Look at that cane. Look I at his got sleight it. of I hand. Loved, I loved the sleight of hand. Why did the, I forget how to do that? Yeah. Anyway. When I drank the elixir, I should have said, I need a warrior and a magician also. <laughs> <laughs> I should be able to do like zipline tricks for sure. So she opens a little time portal and she says, I'm going to show you a vision of the future so you can see what kind of man you'll become if you make this choice. And then a fez flies out of the portal and she says, It's okay. so funny. I've been fucking was, pointing and screaming coming. about, I've been screaming about fezes on our podcast for the entire run of it. You've not seen a single fez until this episode. I was, I was trying to remember because I know I've seen images of him wearing a fez. He I wears a fez sometimes. It it's literally, it's literally just sometimes he wears a fez because it's wacky and that's it. But, uh, and well, in this Jordan. case, yeah. Oh, wait, no, I was going to say fezes are cool. I think that's bow ties are cool. I think he also says fezes are cool. Nice. Uh, so this this was the first fez we've seen on the podcast. I, I couldn't remember. Yes, honestly. we have not seen we've not seen him wear another. We have okay. not seen a fez outside of this. Uh, the fez flops out of the portal, and she's like, "What the hell?" Well, that uh, just happened. We go back to the eleventh Doctor, uh, and Kate hilariously he's like staring at this painting, like lost What's in the thought. Me- and she's what? like, "Wait, wait, wait, wait." The That's not what we're here is, to show you. The, the painting has literally nothing to do with anything. It's literally this was just, like, just proof that Queen Elizabeth sent the letter. Uh huh. And then we see. I do love this. They walk in th- further into the gal- uh, gallery and see a painting of Queen Elizabeth the first next to uh, David uh, Tennant. David Tennant, like in with a, like a, in, what do you call it? Like a ruffle? Rough? Yeah, rough. A rough. I think it's a, what it's called. a bag of ruffles. 
<laughs> he's eating uh, a bag of he ruffles. He reads the letter. Uh, you know, we've been joking literally since episode one of this podcast about him having sex with Queen Elizabeth I. What I was not at all prepared for was, was their Christian the letter married? saying, Gentle husband, my dearest love. Yeah, I was confused that about that. was weird. So, surely there's an episode of David Tennant, Doctor Who, where we see their relationship, yeah? Yeah, because it isn't. Into, but no, because oh fuck. Well, well, Matt Smith talked. Yeah, in in the Beast Below, he's like, oh, I I I banged the it's, queen. It's definitely been alluded to before. I guess is your question: Did we see it, or has it just been alluded to? Yeah, will we see a David Tennant episode with Queen Elizabeth in it that shows their romance, mm. or is it just, or is it just a funny ongoing bit that finally pays off in this episode? I know that she was the virgin queen and that they joke about that a few times. I know that she never married. So, like, this is, I would say, uh, relatively history-compatible in terms of, is it oh, yeah. possible history that she had a secret husband? I she had a secret so. time-traveling husband, for I, sure. I, I am surprised that Stephen Moffat didn't get his head chopped off for this. Nah, you can, the statute of limitations is, you know, <laughs> you can make, you can crack jokes about these uh, ones. Elizabeth, uh, reveals that she has appointed her husband, the doctor, as curator of the undergallery, uh, which we'll find out what that is very shortly, uh, because he made a pledge to defend her kingdom. Is the, is the idea of this that this is why, of all the places he could go, he really just hangs out in England? I guess it might be. I mean, I've always just accepted TV show for that. Like, I don't think I'd eat a reason for why he hangs out in England. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I guess that it's because he fucked their queen once. And he he made a promise to her to... I really couldn't tell when we see... But but once again, once again, once again, he hangs out in England way before that. He's hung out in England since he was the first doctor. Yeah, well. you can't you can't explain these things okay yeah, well. you can't Wait, explain i mean it. episode two william hartnell fucks queen elizabeth the first <laughs> later as a younger man and she says oh, who do nice. you think who do you think susan's grandma is susan susan who susan is isn't susan the name of uh of the doctor's granddaughter oh maybe i don't know i don't know <laughs> doctor don't who know. susan I was like, yeah, cat. <laughs> that is that is correct. No, that's what the doctor's grandma, uh, grandma, <laughs> the doctor's granddaughter's name is Susan. Okay, yeah. uh, so they they take. Oh yeah, I I'm really curious if we ever explore this relationship in a in an episode that is like about it. I'll be really curious to find out if this was like the tenth doctor just like being a womanizer and being like, oh, I wonder if I can fuck the queen. Or know, if this was, right? like, a legit relationship. Were they, like, together for three years and they, they fell in love? Or was it just the Doctor was so well, horny? Well, we're skipping ahead, but the very end of the episode, we find out that a future incarnation of the Doctor, and we won't get too into that right now, but a future incarnation of the Doctor is working as the curator of the undergallery. Right. Which seems to suggest that he has taken this seriously. Which it does kind of feel that like he, it, that it, Queen Elizabeth yeah. actually was like important to him, to him. Yeah, which I like. I like that. I, I think that's cool, and I think it's yeah. Unique. You know, first wife River Song, second wife. Uh, his uh, rebound, no, Queen yeah, Elizabeth we don't. First. We don't. Well, we don't know when that what the order of that yet. <laughs> I I don't know if that's true, but I'm still that's still my working theory. 
and then of course his third wife, Eye Patch Lady. So uh, <laughs> his fourth wife. Uh, I can't. Yeah. I can't believe. By the way, we have never seen Eye Patch Lady again since that episode. <laughs> Maybe she only appears in that one time. That, I'm really afraid that that might be a complete <laughs> non sequitur. Maybe Eye Patch Lady was just like a Family Guy style cutaway. <laughs> anyway, okay. So they take him uh, into the other room. Meanwhile, there's another scientist man from unit named McGillip. Uh, who gets uh, a phone call. We don't hear who he's talking to, but it's obviously the doctor uh, because he's very confused. He's like, what? That's not possible. I was just... And the doctor on the other line says... Uh, he it, he tells him to take the painting somewhere. We don't right. know where, uh, but McGillip's like, okay, I will. I don't know why, but... I'm always into a time travel timeline manipulation story where you see the time shit happen from the start. Yes, yes, I I like that too. Uh, so yeah, because you see it happen, and you're like, I look I look forward to later in the episode when this pays off. I think that's a, a fun way of doing. Yeah, exactly, exactly, for sure. Uh, um, so we we go back in time to 1562. Uh, the tenth Doctor is on a date with Queen Elizabeth. He says Alonzi as they ride a horse around. He says Alonzi as he plows her brains out. Yeah, there's a there's a little. Uh, monarchy joke where she says like oh the TARDIS door nearly took my head off usually I'm the one who does that waka 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 <laughs> I gotta kill people in the name of my, uh, my kingdom good stuff uh, because I, I am a member of a hereditary lineage of rulers God told me God told me I get to do this God said I could um, interesting also that the 10th doctor is she a companion technically oh Queen Elizabeth yeah. I don't know. I mean, she, like, knows that he's a time traveler. She's in the TARDIS and all but that. Did she? Did he take her on adventures, or did he well, just... Actually, no, this is, this is weird and a little bit confusing, because uh, what happens next, they're having a little picnic, and she's like, oh, can you help plan my wars? I can tell from your face that, that you've seen conflict in your life. And he says, oh, plenty of it, but not so much this face. And then he says, Elizabeth, will you marry me? She says, of course I will. And he says, nice try. The real Elizabeth wouldn't accept my proposal so quickly. And she certainly wouldn't just breeze past me mentioning that I had a different face once. But she clearly knows that he's like a time traveler or something. She's been in the TARDIS. It's impossible to say. Nobody can. Although it turns out that his logic is flawed anyway, because she's like, what do you mean I'm a shape-shifting alien? Oh, he says that. Um, And he pulls out this little gizmo... I haven't seen much of this, but this is the second time that I've witnessed the Tenth Doctor pulling out like a stupid a piece of shit doodad that he built. <laughs> <laughs> I like this as a as a recurring thing for him. Uh, so he has this little gizmo, and he's like, "This thing lights up in the presence of shapeshifter DNA. It also does long distance microwaving. I never know when to stop." That's really good. Long he distance says- microwaving is a very funny joke. It's very threatening, but I guess it's just like if there's a lean cuisine somewhere that he wants to heat up, he can he can get that sucker piping yeah, hot it's, wherever it's he is. It's the opposite of that video of the guy on that Japanese TV show throwing a pizza across the way like a frisbee and landing it in the microwave. Yeah, I've never seen that, but okay. Oh my god, I have to show you that. It's so fucking good. Okay, uh... So she's like, what What are you talking about? I have no idea what you're talking about. And he says, no, 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 I, my thing is proving it, that there's Zygon DNA near me. And then he looks over where the horse was, and there's a Zygon standing there. 
The Z- do we see what the Zygon looks like yet? Yeah, it's like a big nasty red thing. Oh, it's he also big... he also goes, "Oh, it was the horse. I'm going to be king." <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny. I do like that he has aspirations to become the king of England. I don't know about that I one. I do doc. like that at some point he had a portrait painted with her. This relationship needs to be explored more and I don't think that we're going to get to see it. Uh it is it is fascinating though because the portrait of Queen Elizabeth and her husband the time traveling alien is like <laughs> it's in the under gallery. It's in like the right. secret art gallery like they for can't things show that it. the public can't see. It's I think illegal that's really to know funny. about it. That there's like a close kept secret that like oh yeah anyone who's in the know will know, will tell you <laughs> that Queen Elizabeth I mean the, the fucking was the fucking the, doctor. the fucking prime minister has doctor level clearance or whatever in that <laughs> yeah. one episode right like yeah. they this is like state secrets they can't tell people about the funny the funny man this is this is a funny little moment one of my certified funny little moments because <laughs> we get a we get a joke that the eleventh doctor has already made in a previous episode, but chronologically, this is the Tenth Doctor making it first, where he's like, oh boy, way to go, Doctor, Virgin Queen, so much for history. Right. I did think it was pretty funny that he likes Virgin. Yep. Uh, oh, and then, doesn't don't the Zygons come in? The Zygon comes in? He, like, and- follows the gizmo to a rabbit in the woods. Uh, they, like, split up, I think. Oh, yeah, he's right. like, you get to safety, I'll find the, the Zygon. Uh, and he he finds this rabbit in the woods, and he's like, don't fuck with me, I'm 900, which I appreciated that he told us his age, because it will, it will matter it will later. It will matter later. Um, and I do love when he's like, yeah, I see you, you alien pervert, you messing around thinking I don't know what you are. I see you. Oh, wait, it's just a normal. Oh, yeah. He's, he's like talking to the rabbit. He's like, don't fuck with me. And then he realizes that it's not the Zygon, and he's like... Oh, just a uh, general warning in case you were uh, planning. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty Pretty good. good. I like that. And he hears a scream from Elizabeth and he finds her lying on the ground. And then another Elizabeth walks out of the woods and says, don't don't believe her. That's not the real me. Oh, no, no, don't believe her. That's I can't believe I can't believe that we're having who's the real Queen Elizabeth uh, silly times in the middle of this uh, genocide episode. And it kind of works and it's pretty good. It it absolutely does. Um, The doctor, uh, he realizes that his gizmo doesn't fucking work. So there's there's (laughs) not going to be any help here. Uh, This man and his doodads. He'll never learn. And then a time portal opens up and he says, okay, I don't know which one of you is the real Elizabeth, but both of you step back because anything could come out of this thing. And then a Fez flops out of it. It's funny. It's a rule of of threes. So we got one more Fez in the episode. (laughs) Um, Uh, Meanwhile, I I always say meanwhile in these stories, but it is hundreds of years later. Concurrently. (laughs) uh, Kate leads the doctor uh, through a hidden door into the undergallery. Uh, and he notices that there's dust, all, all like ground up right. stone all over I, the this floor. This is the part he he snaps into job mode. He's like he he says to Osgood, who is not related to Clara. Um, he's like, "All right, I need you to analyze these dusts. I need to you to get these reports in triplicate on my desk. By the way, I also need a desk. And I, by the way, I also want you to do this and that and this and that." It uh, it worked for me, despite him saying something very very Tumblr Doctor Who quirky, which is. I want the report on my desk in triplicate ASAP pronto LOL. LOL. 
cheeseburger. Yeah. It was it was stupid enough that it worked for me. I can't really explain it. Maybe it's just because I was having a great time with this episode. Maybe yeah, maybe it's just it's what what it, you know how you, last week you said I wasn't in the mood? Maybe, maybe you just maybe you were in the mood. Maybe I was but in the mood. It, I mean, it's mood. it's a great story. It's very it's very fun, and he does these dumb quirky things, and I liked it. I I like, also like as you like, said like... him demanding it on his desk and then ordering a desk. A Coco that's Bola, a good joke. Yeah. That's a good joke, and I also like that. Like he also he says has... offhandedly in the middle of this that he's twelve hundred years old. Mm-hmm. Um, this is when. Oh, are we? Uh, we're. This is where, where I noted that. Uh, uh, Osgood keeps needing to use her inhaler, and I said the inhaler is going to come up in some way, and it does. Oh, of course, I was surprised that she didn't like blast someone in the eyes with it. That was what I was thinking honestly. Was gonna happen. The way that it comes up is not really very consequential, but I did kind of like it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, they, they they walk they through walk the, through the gallery. And they're in a room full of uh, of broken glass, and for just a second, BBC Sherlock crawls out of the the toilet, and he walks in, and he says, mm, "Yes." Judging by the angle that this glass has hit the floor, it appears that the glass was shattering outward from the paintings. You do need to. Me- we do need to mention first that they walk past uh, various silly things in the gallery, including a fez that he puts on. He does take it, and I, I, and he's, and Clara's like, really? And he says, I can't help myself. You know how I am when I see a fez. I got <laughs> She's like, just once could you see a fez and not wear it? And he nope. Says, no. Uh, and we also see uh, Mrs. Puff's husband. <laughs> Is it is it like a pufferfish lamp? <laughs> There's a pufferfish lamp in a case. <laughs> she doesn't it's like, like to talk about it. It's the doctor, the one who killed Mrs. Puff's husband. <laughs> it's not fit for public consumption. This art. <laughs> it's too. It's too traumatizing to the SpongeBob fans to out the there. Kids, yeah. Uh, um, and so yeah, basically, they, yeah, the doctor is concluded because you know it's another one of those 3D Gallifrey paintings. It's and, three and, landscape paintings, uh, and they're all. They have had glass, but the glass broke out. Yes. Which implies that something has broken out of the 3D paintings. Uh oh. What? Yes. And I, oh, I no. believe that Kate, like, shows him a picture on her phone of what the paintings used to look like, and there were people in the paintings. Right. But now they're just empty landscapes. And then the, the, another time portal opens up, and he says, Not now, I'm busy. And then he throws the fez. <laughs> through the portal <laughs> pretty good i i liked it oh wait no 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 no! i'm sorry no he doesn't he doesn't throw the fez through the portal oh wait no he throws the fez through the portal and then jumps in jumps also. in yeah he was yes. just testing it he was trying to see if he would die from fall right damage. right 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 and he lands in the forest in the 1500s with the 10th doctor uh 10 puts on the fez and 11 looks at him and it's like Oh man, I never realized how how slimming those stripes were. <laughs> there's a stupid. lot of there's a lot of zany doctor shenanigans. They both put on their glasses at some point and they go, "Ah!" Oh, uh, 10th doctor mocks 11th doctor's penis, 11th doctor mocks 10th doctor's shoes. They're doing a lot of yeah, they're like he call, what does he call them? Sand sand shoes? Sand, sand shoes. I'm not familiar shoes. with the term. I don't know. I thought it were like yeah, I thought it were like Converse or something. He, uh, he wasn't wearing his sneakers in this episode. That's really odd, but but okay. Uh, I don't, maybe it comes up. They lost the brand. Uh, they lost the branding. Uh, so I I did like, by the way, that there's this there's this bizarre like 
like both of they they both like are kind of dicks to each other they're they're like kind of trying to assert dominance over each other for no particular reason even though they're they're the exact same person yeah like they're just it's very funny when they put two doctors together because they both want to be the smartest best person in the room right they're the same person and i don't know i guess technically if you're splitting hairs uh the 11th doctor has more lived experience than the 10th doctor but also the 10th doctor is a fan favorite so <laughs> i like when the 11th doctor sees uh queen elizabeth and the zygon disguised as her and he's like he like accuses 10th doctor of having a threesome with the queen and a zygon and the 10th doctor's <laughs> like no i didn't he's like hey, hey i wouldn't hey, fuck hey, the zygon hey, i never fucked hey, the zygon i never fucked the zygon there, there's a lot of fun stuff of them like doing things in unison. Uh, yeah, like it's very it's impressive to me because if this episode was like tweaked slightly, I'd be hating all of this. But they made it fun and they made it charming and they made it silly in a way that was enjoyable. And that's uh, impressive. I also I also liked the way that the tenth Doctor deals with the two queens, where he goes, "Okay, whichever one of you is real, run in the opposite direction of the <laughs> other," and they're like, "Okay, I will to prove it." Uh, they both kiss him and run, and the eleventh doctor's like, "Oh, you kissed a zygon! You know they're disgusting. Like, you fuck, fucking disgusting you fucking right? freak! They look like big tongues with tentacle uh, with suction cups on them. They're gross." Uh, Clara calls through the portal to them and asks, "Where are you?" And more importantly, "When are, when are you? you?" And they tell her that they're in 1562, and also they are both the doctor. Uh, and Kate says, oh, can you come back through the portal? And, uh, the 10th doctor who's got the fez on is like, oh, let me check. And he tosses it through the portal, but it doesn't appear in the gallery because it appeared in the abandoned building with the war doctor. With the war doctor. I, I love that. I love that shit. I I love that because I was like, wait, so if the 11th doctor throws the fez through once, why does it end up in two places? No, no, it's (laughs) the 10th doctor throws it through the other time. It's so good. Stupid. It's really funny. I really liked it. And then, uh, and then, is this the part where they both try to reverse the polarity? Which, by the way, the fact that they they use the exact, I just love reverse the polarity in a sci-fi context means make anything do the thing backwards. So they're trying to like. So re- I didn't yeah. know this. Apparently, reverse the polarity. It, it that's a thirteenth. Uh, sorry, that's a third Doctor thing. That's a Pertwee era line. That it's I just guess like, just like became. Is it just a, like a like running a gag, like a running bit? Just reverse the. Po- I mean, it it comes up in everything though. Like they say that shit on Star Trek all the time. Like ooh, right reverse the because because the third Doctor. Oh, just be- oh, just because it's all a big reference. I think. To- I think. I'm pretty sure I read that 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 reverse the polarity was like a third Doctor line. But they're that both just trying. Yeah, a sci-fi staple. But they're both just trying to like reverse the polarity of the portal. Yeah, at the same I thought time. that was funny that because they both want to be the one who does everything. That when they're like, "Oh, let's reverse the polarity," they, they both immediately do it, and they're like, "Why isn't it working?" Oh, it's because we're both doing it. It's good. It's a good. Bit. Uh, um, oh, and then they get surrounded by uh, Elizabethan soldiers accusing them of. Mm? Did you hold. notice? No. Kate calls someone on the phone and says, "Malcolm, do you remember I- Malcolm?" I recognize the name, but I don't know who Malcolm is. He was the funny scientist in Bus episode. Oh, he was the comedian that we're supposed to know who he is. That's right. I thought he and died. She says, she says, get me one of my father's files. Codename Cromer. I'm assuming that that's also a callback, but I don't know. Oh, she also has a line here. This, I don't, I don't know much about this, but th- this is a thing. Did you catch the part where she says it's, she says something like, 
it'll either be filed under 70s or 80s, depending on which system they were using at the time. Oh, is this like a reference to like some, when did they air it or? Apparently there was a, there was a lot of like discussion in the fan community there were some like conflicting timeline stuff in the <laughs> late seventies and early eighties where people were like, but wait, she said that she met the doctor in 1982. How is that possible? If, if the it's unit so guy specifically, it's so funny to me that like back in the day, that shit would never fly on TV anymore because of all the horrible That's not true. game of Thrones won a million. Episodes. Okay. 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 TV fair, normal TV shows that are not written by the dumbest <laughs> idiots in the whole world. Uh, are very, very strict about their continuity because, uh, annoying losers. Because will Reddit be like, exists. Because Reddit exists now and everyone has a platform to be like, did you notice that the doctor's tie changed colors from this scene to that scene? And they can't let that happen anymore. So it's someone's job. I think it's called the script supervisor or something mm-hmm. to make sure that every shot and everything has continuity. Uh, mm-hmm. but back in the day, they could just be like, the doctor killed Hitler. <laughs> yeah 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 it's fine and then have a different episode where the doctor doesn't kill hitler <laughs> the doctor doesn't kill hitler um it's did also you know really, speaking yeah. of speaking of killing did you know that apparently the sixth doctor was incredibly controversial because his stories were so violent <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i heard you talking about that that's i want to see a sixth doctor series. you want to see like a sixth doctor like and it'll blast. be like the yeah. tamest shit i've ever seen but yeah i was gonna say like like in ninth doctor specials people are just getting blasted to, to pieces to right and left like like a there's a shooting at a mall uh, where a boy watches his conspiracy theory loving father die in front of him. Uh, oh, here's another thing I was thinking. I always assumed, you know, last time we watched, we watched, uh, Father's Day where Rose goes to see her dad. And when he, when there are two roses in one place, the doctor is like, Oh, this is bad. You should mm-hmm. not do this. This is bad. But we don't ever hear that out of the doctor. So I like to imagine the only reason the doctors don't interact with themselves more is because they hate it and they don't like to be around <laughs> each other they just they just it's just it's fucking annoying for everybody well so on just, that note mm-hmm. on that note uh something because i've known for a long time that there are multi-doctor episodes yeah, there's i lots never of really knew how it would work in right. terms of like if if there's a fifth doctor story where the second doctor meets him why did that never come up during the sec? i mean obviously because it hadn't happened yet in real life but but, like, is there an in-fiction explanation for why the second Doctor never mentions, like, oh, hey, I met my fifth self. Apparently, uh, so they kind of joke about it at the start right here, where, uh, and I say at the start, because, boy, do we have a long way to go. We are far <laughs> into this episode, but it's going to be a big one. Uh, there's, a, there's a joke where the 11th Doctor's like, or no, it's the 10th Doctor's like, hey, what happens next? You should remember. And the 11th Doctor says, well, I don't. You must not have been paying enough attention when this <laughs> happened. <laughs> but they they basically hand they wave it away later of, yeah. and say, like, the their memories just can't cope with meeting themselves. So they just right, kind right, of right. get erased. Only the only the most present one. Only the only most, 12 remembers. The latest one remembers any of it. It which works is, for me. It's, it's fine. It's totally fine. I have no I do I do really like the idea that, that the tenth doctor did remember this. He just couldn't be bothered to do anything with that knowledge or, <laughs> or he couldn't be bothered to tell anybody or also once again he just hates interacting with himself and he didn't want to be embarrassed sharing the story well on that note this is where the war doctor pops out of the portal and says <laughs> excuse me young man can you help me find the doctor and they're like 
Uh, and he's like, oh, you must be his companions. They that just was, get younger and younger, don't they? That was really funny when he said that. I love that. And then they, they both pull out their screwdrivers, and he pulls out his screwdriver, and he's like, oh my god. He you, is I'm really, gonna be you guys? I love this, because he's like, why are you holding it? He says you're holding it like a water pistol. Yeah. Like, he's making fun of the way they hold their stupid uh, screwdrivers, and he's like, it's a yeah, tool. Yeah, he's like, why do you keep pointing those at me? They're screwdrivers. We all know that they're screwdrivers. Yeah, Meanwhile, he's 400 like, years ago, Peter uh-huh. Capaldi is blowing up an RPG <laughs> target. But he even makes a joke about, like, what are you going to do? Unscrew a painting or, uh, or unscrew? Oh my god, yeah. He, hang a picture? They, they're, like, surrounded by Queen Elizabeth's soldiers in a moment, and he's like... Oh my god, stop pointing your screwdrivers at them. What are you going to do? Assemble a cabinet at them? <laughs> it's great. I literally a joke they made in uh, uh in Doctor Dances, but um yeah, it was good. Uh, yeah, this what if is I the need point- to put up a shelf. This is the point where the soldiers come in and they say that they bewitched their beloved queen and made her horny and that's not okay. Uh oh my god, th- there's a little cutaway to Clara where she's like, "Uh Kate, there's three of them now." And Kate goes, "Oh yeah, that'll happen." <laughs> See, Clara, <laughs> such a Clara, hilariously nonchalant way to, to process. Yeah, Clara that. thinks she's like yeah, the do doctor's that. equal. She thinks she knows everything, and it's bigger, it's smaller on the outside. But she didn't know that the doctors could meet and have funny times happen. <laughs> and sometimes uh, they're wax statues of themselves. So the eleventh doctor tries to scare the soldiers by telling them that this is a, a an occult portal that he has summoned to the wicked witch of hell. Oh, and that was pretty good. Clara's this like, oh a, god, he means me, doesn't this he? This is a pretty funny Clara moment, and I, you'll never hear me say these words again. But we it was might, a pretty, we might. Allegedly, we there's might. good Clara episodes. I'll, uh, but I'll she, believe she's when I see like, it. yeah, get out of here, or I'll turn you into frogs. She, she immediately loses patience in this, though, and she asks the Eleventh Doctor what's going on, and he says, "This is so good. I love this." Where the Eleventh Doctor's like, "Oh, don't worry about it. It's, it's a timey wimey thing." And the oh, War Doctor is like. What the hell did he just don't they, say? I mean, they, but then they turn it around. Yeah, doesn't doesn't tenth doctor yes, try because, to like def, try to like deflect because the, blame? the tenth doctor? I I know I already know this, even though we haven't seen it. He's the one who said that the first time, and but he's, he's trying to like, like get trying to fucking push it onto the eleventh doctor. Yes, that, he's that trying to like maintain so dignity and and <laughs> seem like the cool one in front of the the war doctor. He's like, hey, don't look at me. This guy just seems like a real dork. This guy's a real tumbler boy. I would never say something that cringe. Oh, it's good. It's uh, pretty funny. One of the Elizabeths returns and orders them all arrested. Uh the and tenth doctor one thing says, gotta know, Don't listen thing- to her. She's a shape shifting alien and the eleventh goes, Yeah, trust me or trust him. He checked by making out with it. <laughs> Also, you, you, the shape-shifting alien says not to trust the shape-shifting alien. Well, anyway. I like their stupid little pissing contest. I think it's really funny. It's very good. Uh, and then they are taken to the Tower of London. And one thing you got to know about the Doctor is that they, he loves getting captured. It's basically his favorite plan is to be taken yes, to... Yes, but also, the, yeah. crucially... He knows that's where Unit that HQ Kate is. has access to the Tower of London, so he right. loudly is like, "Tower of London, eh? Well, I guess we'll be off then." Uh, and to Kate the overhears this and says, "And Kate overhears this and says, Dear God, that man's clever.' Ding, clever count. Were you counting? I counted. Uh, I, I didn't count, but I just I do always just make a note three. of. I always make note of if they said it, and they did. We get three clevers in this episode. Clever count three. Uh, So Kate says, okay, let's go to the Tower of London and see what the hell is going on. Uh, 
they are all like thrown in a cell. They each start like looking for a way out or so. Oh no, they're all like doing different things. The war doctor's like screwdrivering the door while the while the eleventh doctor like carves something into the wall. This is his secret plan because he knows the This Kate is knows. fucking crazy because they get into this argument and and you know, screwdriver check, whatever whatever I called it, uh excellent because they're like it would take hundreds of years for the screwdriver to figure out the resonant frequency of the door in order to break it down. It would have to process the entire me- the entire molecular structure of the door from top to bottom. And that would take hundreds of years for the sonic screwdriver to do that. But what if it's been doing it this whole time? This is... That's- what, what- this is fucking crazy, but what happens, cause they're like, they, they, they all hold up their screwdrivers. I didn't, I didn't, I thought there was other stuff between this scene and then, but. Oh, uh, yeah, but, I, I was getting ahead of it. Uh, oh, so, okay. yeah, meanwhile, yeah. I keep saying meanwhile. Osgood meanwhile. And Mac- Osgood and McGillip are examining the dust as they were told to do. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a combination of marble and granite. Like it's, it's statue, from statues. Statue dust, but, 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 and, but and the, the statues are all still here. Yeah, they're all they're still all here on up. their, on their pedestals with cloths over them. And then Osgood has a realization and says, oh, God, all of the statues were destroyed because whatever escaped from the paintings needed somewhere to hide. And they throw off the cloths and they're actually the Zygons. I was really afraid for a second that they were going to be Weeping Angels. I was so fucking scared that the Weeping Angels are going to be in this episode, too. Hey, that's how it feels, isn't it? Right. (laughs) No. Yeah, I'm not scared of Weeping Angels. I'm scared of having to watch episodes of the Weeping Angels in them. <laughs> no, don't make me do it. Just the yeah, ones. I love that the okay. Zygons are just like standing on the pedestals with the cloths over them. <laughs> and and when they're not in in disguise, uh, just like very similar, by the way, reminds me a lot of a uh, Ninth Doctor episode that I think you've seen um, with the shape-shifting, disgusting green aliens but these are shape-shifting disgusting pink oh alien. the the slivines the slivines yeah but when when uh when these guys are uh not shape-shifting they go <laughs> but then when the but then they have to turn normal and then they're like oh hello uh-huh. hello hello uh so mcgillop gets got uh osgood uh tries to call the elevator but there's no time one of the zygons gets her uh and it takes her shape and it says, give me my inhaler. <sighs> I always hate getting one with a defect. And we learn that part of their shape-shifting power is that they have the memories of whoever they're copying. And the Zygon is like, oh, your older sister's so much prettier. I wish I had copied her instead. And Osgood says, me too. Me too. And pulls on her big stupid scarf that the Zygon is to standing on and Zygon. trips it and runs. Excellent. And then doesn't she go back for her inhaler or something? I don't remember. No, she loses her inhaler here, which is important for later, right, right, but right, not really. Right. It comes it up later. Super, I wouldn't say it's super, important, but I did like it. Super important. Uh, then, um, are we back with the doctors now? We go to Kate. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, Who yeah. takes Clara to the Black Archive. Meanwhile, uh, I should mention, uh, one of her, one of her guys is, like, searching the cell in the Tower of London for any message from the doctor. Oh, this is uh, the most fucked up shit we ever seen. Um, the memory thing. Yeah. So, so uh, Kate. It's explains, dark, and I I did not dislike it. 
I mean, I think it's pretty, like, it's pretty funny in the way that unit stuff is typically funny. But basically, yeah. Kate is like, this is so top secret. This is, like, we learned that this place is TARDIS-proof. Like, the doctor can't get in here. And the employees uh, are, re- their it's, minds are wiped every time so, they leave. It's so top secret that when you leave for the day, these automated devices wipe your memory on your way out. And then out. this dude is like, uh, this dude is like... Uh, ah, Miss Lethbridge Stewart, right this way. My name is my name's Alvin. It's or my something. first it's day. It's my first day. She's like, he's been here ten years, and I was just I, the first thing that I, th- I was like. So this guy goes home to his wife and kids, and he's like, great first day at work again. Do they know like what? What is this man's life when he's not here? <laughs> That's so fucked up. Uh, there's a great joke here, though, and I, I honestly couldn't tell if it was continuity or not, because I was wondering about this, and Clara asks in a moment, like, why am I allowed in here? And Kate says, oh, you've already got top-level clearance from the She's last time you were before. here. <laughs> she That's remember it. great. That's so good. I've there's, loved, like, a I picture of Clara it. in the Black yeah. Archive, like, on a little, like, cork board on the wall, and Clara's like, what the fuck? <laughs> This is so the Black Archive is full of more the Doctor Who uh, the Doctor Who experience memorabilia, but most notably we see uh, the Vortex Manipulator. I used have to come by... about something, Jordan. Yeah, because I accidentally read on Wikipedia. Uh, I believe it was it was literally just the front page description of what Torchwood is. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It was the Adventures of the Immortal Captain Jack Harkness. Mm-hmm. And I read that and I said, oh, fuck, what? No. It, for the record, it was after we first met him. So he hasn't appeared since I read that. But I was so relieved when Kate just casually mentions, oh, Jack Harkness bequeathed this vortex manipulator time travel device to unit at the time of his death. Well, one of them. And I was like, oh, thank God I'm off the hook. <sighs> it was the one before he became the face of Bo. <laughs> I was so so relieved that that was <laughs> it. W- it would have been spoiled for me anyway. That's not how RNG works. Anyway, there's a multiverse of uh, of podcasts that we've done where we've seen I'm the episodes glad, in I'm every glad, different order. I'm glad that it's this one though, because we got to watch we got to watch Doctor Dances and we also got to watch Remembrance of the Daleks. Anyway, uh, so th- this is the linchpin in their strategy. They have a time machine, uh, but they do not have the access codes. Only the doctor has them. Yeah, and the doctor never gave them the codes because he fucking doesn't trust them with it, which is correct. I like that he specifically says, ima- she specifically says, imagine if Americans could rewrite history. They do it all the time in their textbooks. And I was like, no, no, it wasn't that scathing. It was, have you seen their movies? <laughs> right, that's an, okay, two, potato, <laughs> potato, though. Also, a we, British we're person. We're Britain, we're in no position <laughs> yeah, to talk about Yeah, a British person history. talking about rewriting and sanitizing, uh, troublesome history is very funny. Has that, has that cool museum, by the way, guys? Have you, have you seen Buckingham Palace lately? <laughs> have, you, have you seen your country? <laughs> have you ever, have you ever been there? Or, so, anyway. this is, this is the Clara moment that I really liked because, Kate gets a picture sent to her by the unit guy who finds the code in the cell to activate the vortex manipulator. That is what the doctor is, like, scratching into the wall. Uh, And Clara looks out of the the little chamber they're in with the vortex manipulator and sees Osgood and McGillip. And she's like, are they supposed to be here? And Kate goes, oh, they've probably just finished disposing with the humans early. And Clara's like, wait, what? And then Kate spits out, like, red gloop. 
I'm, and becomes a Zygon, which I really didn't see coming. That one I, totally got me. The 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 part where you got to spit out the red goose is not was not. I did not expect that, but I did love it as a as a slime enjoyer. When the show gets slimy, <laughs> we finally yeah. got slime again. We re- <laughs> we're back. The love letter to the fans. Uh, and as as. Zygon Kate is like transforming and telling the other Zygons like, ha ha ha, we've done it. We've got the code. Clara is already looking at the phone and just punching in the code from the picture. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And she just says, bye, and teleports away to the 1500s. And I thought that was a really great companion moment. So now we're back. This is, you were alluding to this earlier. The, they, uh, the doctors uh, are waiting around for the centuries that it would take for the, uh, for the door, the sonic screwdriver to figure out how to open a door. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is the part where they kind of start to, to discuss the, the incident. Before Uh, the incident discussion, there's one more little like war doctor rolling his eyes at the moment that I loved where he's like, Oh, yeah, you know, it'll take centuries for the sonic screwdriver to analyze the structure of the door, but hey, it'll pass the timey-wimey, won't it? And they're like, oh, for fuck's sake, that again. And he's like, why are you two so ashamed of being adults? <laughs> why are That's, you... What? Yeah. I I love that. And, and they just, like, glare at him, and he's like, what? what? What is your problem with me? And we learn here that they... They think that he has already done it. Right. They think that he's killed everyone already. And they're like, how are you so, so calm about all of this? Uh, this is, this is another one of those moments I referred to earlier where Eleven is like, uh, it must have been pretty recent for you the day that you killed them all. And the 10th Doctor's like, hey, the, it was the day that we killed them all. I, I like that we see that, uh, the 11th Doctor has like, pushed himself further and further away from it in the i wrote 200 years in my notes math is so hard 300 years 400 years i thought it was 400 not Uh, 900 wait 900 to 1200 right yeah okay 300 yeah 10 is 10 is and then and then capaldi capaldi post post uh clara's over 2000 years old apparently so i guess i guess capaldi's like someone else did it (laughs) <laughs> Capaldi doesn't even remember. I, I, I did such a good fan. job. I did such a good job saving all the time lords from that asshole who blew them all he up. Has, he has compartmentalized it so good. <laughs> uh, and so, so, uh, by the way, uh, Rose, the bad wolf lady, she is, she's still here. He can still see her. They but only, remember, her. only, yeah, War Doctor is the only one who can see Rose. Um, and she, she points out to him that they don't know yet. That he hasn't done it. That he he's still making the decision right here, right now. And then this and is when he's... This is when... Uh, we've been talking about this the whole episode. He asks them, did they ever count the number of children that they killed on Gallifrey? Which is a lot. It's a lot for Doctor Who. But it I, I love this moment, though, because uh, uh, Eleven says, no, I, I, I have no idea. And the War Doctor's like, how old are you? And he says... I, I'm like 1200 or so. I'm, I'm so old now that I can't really remember. I don't know if I'm lying about my age at this point. And the war doctor's like, are you kidding me? You have had 400 years and you've never thought about it. And the 10th doctor just cuts in and says 2.47 billion. Yeah, he did count it. And it's and the he's, like, he's like yeah. really angry to learn that 
three. It, he's like three hundred years. Apparently, is all it's going to take for me to move. Oh, on. this part made me mad at eleven, though. Oh, this is this sect where he's like, "How could you move on from that?" And then Eleventh Doctor goes, "Spoilers, winky face." I was wondering though. I was wondering if that was the Eleventh Doctor saying, "I can't tell you what's going to happen." No, yeah, or I think was he's that saying- a little. Was he saying River Song is how I move on? I think I it's know. a little bit. Bo- I think it's a little of both. I think it's a little of both. But I, I do think that he's saying that something happened that I can't tell you because it's yeah. Right well, the tenth Doctor in, in, at this point is like, I, I want to know where I'm going for once in my life, and the eleventh says, "No, you don't." Uh, and not Rose tells the War Doctor like this. This is who you're going to become if you do make this decision and destroy Gallifrey. You're you're going to become one man who regrets everything and another who forgets everything, which I thought was pretty good. I do uh, like when things rhyme. It helps me remember them. <laughs> but this is the part where the war doctor has a realization. Oh, actually, I, I really liked Rose's line here uh, because she she compares them to the sonic screwdriver. She says, the sonic screwdriver, you all have the same one. It's the same software in a different case, which... Obviously, that's thematically meaningful, um, but I I like that what happens here is the War Doctor has a realization, which is the 11th Doctor's screwdriver is 400 years in the future of his own. If he scans the door right now, then his future self-screwdriver will have had four centuries to calculate the structure and work out the exact pattern of vibrations to disintegrate the door. It's a ridiculous sci-fi idea, but, but it makes sense from the time traveling. And I liked that it was sort of a parallel to the idea that the Doctor, 400 years later, is still going to be thinking about the weight of his actions. That that's, I like that, yeah. That's, that's cool. something that will always be within him, no matter how long he lives. I thought that was a, I thought that was a cool writing moment for and Steven! And you know what actually is kind of cool is because, uh, because moments after they realize that they have the power to destroy the door... Uh, Clara opens it and says, oh, it was unlocked the whole time. Ha ha he he hoo ha ha he 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 ha. But actually, because of that, what you were pointing out, it's like, oh, that that dialogue is still meaningful because it's, you know, it's not about b- breaking down a bo- door with uh, with big, big special science. It's about it's about the doctor. Yes. Also, the 11th doctor does congratulate all of them for how clever they are. Ding. Uh, and this isn't even one of those moments where that I was annoyed about in the snowman where it's like Clara is just being epic at the doctor and everything so the doctors just designed are around her being so smart because she's like oh the door wasn't locked but there's a reason that the door wasn't locked and there's a reason that they wouldn't have tried it because right. why would they be thrown in a cell and the door wouldn't be locked mm-hmm. so it's it I thought it was fucking great it's good. It's like it it's it's cool on the doctor's side it's cool it's great on Clara's side it's a funny twist in the story and Elizabeth walks in and says, "No, I ordered the door to be left unlocked. I wanted to, to see, see what, what you, you would let. do. Yeah, like it, it works in every way. It's it's great. It's I, a good Stephen firing it's all good, on, on all good cylinders. Ri- it's a good Stephen. writing. Stephen, can't you do this every time, bud? God damn, this is such a good episode. It's so goddamn good. Uh, um, we're back. It in, is also. Back, yeah. I, I was a little curious about this because uh, the Eleventh Doctor introduces Clara and all the Doctors to each other." And 
it seems like it's implied that Clara has met the Tenth Doctor in some form at some point. I was very confused about that, but I have to assume it has something to do with the multiple Clara theory. I guess so. I guess so. I, I'm going to be curious now to see when she first showed up. When she because, first, yeah. Because <laughs> from as far as I knew, she didn't first showed notice, up at the end of the pause. Didn't you, didn't you notice that, uh, that Clara has the same actors as Mickey? <laughs> Do you ever notice well, I, like a, lo- a lot alike? Look, I didn't want to sound racist, but I did think they looked exactly the same. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time, Sam. Not on this podcast, hey. but on other podcasts that you've done. What? Oh, just uh, misidentifying uh, people because you're uh, so deeply and profoundly racist. <laughs> no, it's because they're wearing hats and I have the same problem. <laughs> I, ge- I genuinely couldn't tell if you were making a joke or if I had, like, erased no. a racism memory no. from my brain. It's just that when people are wearing hats, you lose the identity of who well, they yeah. are. Well, yeah, I mean, everyone looks the same in a hat. I agree, and that's why when, when Mickey takes off his hat and Clara appears, it all makes sense. He's iconic, Mickey's iconic cap that he's always wearing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so... Uh, the real Osgood creeps back into the gallery after the Zygons leave. Do you like Goop and, and Slime? <laughs> Dude, I love Goop and Slime. Well, I got good news for you. Because, <laughs> Professor uh, Goop and Slime. <laughs> <laughs> because she sees a, a moaning, groaning pedestal and takes the, the she unveils it for the public. And it's, it's real Kate I... covered in Goop and Slime. <laughs> I loved this moment though because Kate is like covered in like a nasty it's so dwarf nasty. web, and Osgood pulls the cloth off and sees it and just goes, "Oh, thank God! <laughs> <laughs> Finally, some slime on this damn show. It's been way too long. It's been obviously ages. she means, oh, thank God, Kate is alive. But it was a really funny moment. Oh, thank uh, God, some slime. So Osgood sort of speculates. She's a scientist. She's smart. She says the Zygons must benefit from keeping the originals alive. Maybe it helps them maintain the shape shifting or something." Uh, so she she helps Kate get loose, and Kate says, we gotta get to the Black Archive, because if they get the stuff that's in there, we are boned. They're gonna be able to make everybody jump off a roof again. <laughs> uh, Elizabeth, the queen of it, takes the Doctors and Clara into what looks like a throne room that the Zygons have just, like, sh- set up their ship in. Mm-hmm. And I thought this was cool as a detail because we learned that the reason they're doing this is because they lost their home world in, in the, the time, time war and, and they that's need to find a place to live the 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 war destroyed their planet and now they're aimless i like to imagine that every every alien species that needs a new planet lost it in the time war <laughs> like those horrible <laughs> Except bugs there's only one that didn't and it was the jaggeroths yeah <laughs> but it was like the uh the the city of um, death reference patreon.com city, yeah. the fucking bug lady from nikola tesla's night of horrors or um the guys who made everybody go on a roof can't remember what they were called but they all were just like time war yeah, refugees this is such a good moment because uh elizabeth tells this zygon uh that it's time to be translated and it touches this blue orb that's glowing blue and it gets absorbed into one of the paintings that we saw in the undergallery. And we realize that the Zygon, this is when they hide in the paintings. Right. Only to because they out said later. their world is too primitive. So they need to go to one that's more advanced, i.e. climb into the time art, wait a couple hundred years and then burst out. Which I don't I know. Like, 
I, I was a little bit confused about this. Like, what are they getting out of having Wi-Fi, I get? Like, what do they want that they don't have? But whatever. Less natural resources and more CO2 in the atmosphere? I'm not sure. TV. But I... Thank you, Zach. <laughs> but nothing, nothing to watch, though, you know? <laughs> 11... I, this is another uh, moment that we're, that I just thought was sincerely funny, is that the 11th Doctor is like, oh my god, I get it. These paintings... It's like a cup of soup, but instead of water, you add time. And then he, like, immediately loses confidence in the metaphor and is like, never mind, forget I said that. <laughs> it sucked. I should say when he says cup of soup, it's like cup noodles is what he's... It's like the, the subtitle... No, no, no. Br- uh, it's, it's a brand, cup oh, of soup. Oh, is it a real brand? Oh. I, I had never it, heard okay. of it. Maybe it's a UK thing, but yeah. It's a UK it is, thing. Okay. It is a thing, cup of soup. All right. Uh, and then the Tenth Doctor starts going off on Elizabeth. He's like, you are a terrible copy your hair sucks, you stink, you have ugly teeth, your eyes are too far apart, your breath smells horrible. But above all, the real Elizabeth would never have been stupid enough to reveal her own plan. And Elizabeth says, I know, it's not my plan. I am the real Elizabeth. <laughs> I love- And the Tenth Doctor's like, can I uh Can I back take back, and- can I retract everything I just said? <laughs> I do like that they never they don't linger on it though. Elizabeth is cool with it. She's like, well, you know, you're in a you're in a you're in a tricky spot. It's fine. I, yeah, I mean she's like, look, you were trying to own the Zygon, and I already know that you're attracted to me because you fucked me a bunch of times. Because <laughs> I've uh, you're legally the king, so That's right. I'll just tell you. And I thought this was a fun detail where they're like, How did you overpower the Zygon? And she pulls out a dagger and she's like the Zygon was not. It wasn't a big, strong Zygon. It was me. <laughs> I can kill. Oh, oh, yeah, I she can says, kill I a... may have the body of a weak, of a weak and feble woman, but so did but the so Zygon did you... at the yeah. time. <laughs> Which, One person... yeah. Again, Stephen, you're writing. What a what a great job you did. That kind of feels like it was seeded with the Osgood Zygon needing the inhaler. Damn, Steven. We, we already know that they take on whatever weaknesses they're they're. If I'm ever about have. to get possessed by a Zygon, I'm bashing my knees in with a hammer. It'll make <laughs> it so much easier. Uh, and then she tells the Tenth Doctor, uh, we've got your TARDIS ready to go, and you've got a promise to keep, and we cut to a wedding. <laughs> this was so fucking crazy. Does this mean, I guess, I guess it's fine because after, you know, the doctor's free once Elizabeth dies and she died many, many hundreds of years ago. So it's fine. He's so. not cheating on her. There's a tiny little wedding But when outside. you don't experience, when you don't experience time linearly like the doctor does, is it okay? Is it okay? I don't know. Is it, is it a polyg, is it like a, is it like a consensual polygamy? I don't fucking know. Does he, like, explain to her that as a Time Lord, he does not experience time in a linear fashion? And that Is he, he like, does he, like, pull her aside and he's like, look, at some point, you might fuck Peter Capaldi. <laughs> they might come back for you. Are you down with Jodie Whittaker? She's like, no, I'm, it's, that's a sin. It's, it's the, it's Elizabethan times. It's not cool. And he's like, I'm not even going to ask about Shuti Gatwa. You're <laughs> oh, the queen of England. There's no way that you would be cool with that. You're definitely racist. And we're just going to have to accept. I just have to accept that the people I love are from different times and they have different values. And that's just a problem that is only a me problem. <laughs> like he goes There's back. absolutely and- nothing I can do about it. <laughs> 
It's like, I, how can I in good conscience? It's like the fucking, it's like the fucking Confederate statues argument of they were from a different time, except even stupider, because it's like, can I, can I fuck the Queen of England if I know that she, she has Queen of England values? There's a great moment here where it's it's a little like sort of poking fun at at modern Doctor Who where the war doctor like leans over to to the 11th doctor as the 10th doctor is kissing Queen Elizabeth I from England from history and the war doctor's like is there a lot of this in the future and the 11th doctor says it does start to happen yeah <laughs> the war doctor makes this face that's kind of like Hey, why is there gonna be? That's all right with me. Why there gotta be so much kissing on this Doctor Who show, huh? But no, he's like, hey, I'm I'm gonna get kissed eventually. That's I finally get I finally get to make another granddaughter. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, oh, this is another great fan service moment. They jump into the TARDIS uh, with Clara. They're all oh, this part rules, yeah. And they're like, they're all critiquing each other's TARDIS interior designs. It's the it's the tenant. Tardis. Don't they the say the tenant like, is like? Isn't they? Didn't they say he's having like a depression slump or something? <laughs> no, no, no. The eleventh doctor said this is his grunge phase, right? <laughs> because that the war doctor's like, Jesus, this place is a mess. I mean, knowing what happens to the war doctor at the end of the episode, it's very, very funny because this is your grunge phase, doctor. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, the, the big fan service moment, though, is the TARDIS is like, I don't know whose TARDIS I am right now, and it keeps, like, morphing into each of the different TARDISes, and the 10th and 11th Doctors are like, oh, the circles on the walls, I miss those things. I was so delighted when they talked about the wall circles, that was, that was chef kiss. Yeah. That was so good. Uh, 10 briefly sees 11. What do you think, okay, wait, hold on a second. What do you think that, uh, what do you think that they would think of Jody Whittaker's crystal shop. Oh god, Atardis. they would fucking they would hate tear it. that thing to pieces. Oh, <laughs> uh, her her design. The war doctor just... sees her and is like, "That's a bloody woman." <laughs> oh god. I just, I just, you just know, you just know that like that tar- that Tardis was so much. Come on, Chris, <laughs> Chris, that was too much. I'll be curious to see the episode where it takes that shape. Like what dialogue what is there where she's like, "I'm feeling fancy this season." <laughs> she's like, "I need some crystal healing all the time." You know, I've been getting really into prestige TV. <laughs> uh, Clara tells them that the Zygons are in the Black Archive, and they clearly all know what that is. Uh, so we go to uh, the Zygons in the archive. And their uh, counterparts are all there, too. Yeah, it turns out uh, we didn't actually see him, but we do know that McGillip was okay, as was Kate. Um, and uh, and they, they all uh, like... Uh, oh, uh, we, we learned earlier that uh, the Black Archive door is like just a regular lock and key, which is important for the fact that... Uh, uh, Kate locks the door, and there's nothing that they can do about that. I was really confused about that, because I thought the Doctor could use his screwdriver to unlock doors. But... Well, this was this was alluded to earlier in the Tower of London, where I think the Tenth Doctor tells the War Yeah, he doctor, says the like, door is too old That door is open. way too primitive. <laughs> I guess uh, so. Which, meanwhile, I go back to, again, City of Death, where the screwdriver just makes short work of an extremely primitive-looking door. It's fine. It's uh, fine. It's fine. So, uh, 
they all like stare down their counterparts and uh Osgood tell or is it Osgood or Kate? One of them tells the the Zygons There's a failsafe that if the aliens ever get in, it will trigger a five minute self-destruct that will set off a small nuclear warhead twenty feet below them, which will destroy all of London. Yes. And she says, We are absolutely prepared to destroy London to save the world. We are mm, I see. Is it little, possible? Little parallel a little parallel yes. to the little parallel to the uh to the doctor situation? Uh? Uh, so Kate tells her Zygon self, uh, you should know that you have taken the form of Brigadier Lethbridge Stewart's daughter and that she is not fucking around right now. (laughs) She will blow up all of the children of London for, for this. And by you should know, I mean, you have the memories, you know who my dad is. Right. Uh, then they, they get a message, uh, that is described as a space-time telegram, whatever, who cares? The doctors are talking to them. Uh, the 11th doctor says, hey, I know about the security protocol in the Black Archive. Please tell me you're not about to blow up, blow up London. Did you learn anything from what I've been doing this episode? So, this was, this was where it gets a little interesting and confusing, because I had a hard time actually keeping up with, and this is, I think, the point, which Kate wants which thing? I think that the Zygon Kate pretends. I think the Zygon Kate is the one who's like, oh my god, you're right, I'm so sorry, I'll turn it off. I think that that's right. not the real Kate. I think the it's... real Kate wants to blow up London. She'll yeah. do whatever it takes. Yeah. I thought it was interesting, though, that the Zygon is, like, staying in character throughout all of this, where she's like, I will turn off the self-destruct because I care so much about London and what the Doctor thinks. Um, and then the real Kate just starts mashing the button faster. Uh, the 10th Doctor, who is the only one of the three of them who is really conscious of the weight of what the War Doctor did, is like, this is not a decision you would ever have been able to live with. And uh, he and he and the 11th Doctor have a meaningful look. Uh, they can't get into the archive, though. It's TARDIS proof. It's TARDIS proof. I like that. I like the way the doctor, the doctor, goddammit, we made it this far. The way that the 11th doctor describes the anti TARDIS security measures, he says it is an unbeatable combination of alien technology and human stupidity. (laughs) (laughs) That that. that really reminded me of uh, Torchwood stuff from uh, series three, I think it was. Oh, with the army of ghosts of like, look look at the stupid shit these guys are doing. Uh, but and then, then, yeah, the War Doctor has a realization. We don't need to land in the archive. We have a way in right here. And he picks up the stasis cube. It's a cup of soup moment. And uh, how does this make sense? I don't remember. <laughs> I was hoping you did. Oh. How did they get in here? Wait. Wait. No. No, 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 no. no. Okay. Oh, I remember now. I remember now. I remember now. Yes, it's the painting. Because, the painting. Because they told Because they right called... here, right now, in the TARDIS, yeah. the 11th Doctor calls McGillup, which we saw earlier. And says, and take says, the painting into the Black Archives. Put it in the Black Archives. So that they can blue skidoo into the painting from earlier, the one that's called uh, uh, No More. Either No More or Gallifrey Falls. 
So it's in there, then they burst out, and now they are yes, gone. That's, that's right. Good. That's I almost so got good. lost in the time travel, but no, it makes sense. It's so good. I do like it also when he's on the phone, we hear his side of the conversation with McGillip, when we get the line where McGillip's like, how is that possible? And the 11th Doctor's I'm like, time traveler. I'm a time traveler. All right, let's just keep this thing moving, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so we got a lot more episode to go, okay? Uh, so... Kate and Zygon Kate are in a stalemate because the command to start and stop the self-destruct is keyed to her voice, which they both Mm -hmm. have. Right. And the solution they have for this, because they cannot talk them down from this, uh, the solution they have... We do do see them Mm -hmm. break out of the painting into the archive. Clara is also here. Um, The... the, the, Once again, parallels, parallels, parallels are like... uh, uh, if you kill billions of people uh, to save lives, it's going to change you forever. Which I don't understand why they're saying like it'll you'll never be able to live with it, seeing as how Kate is definitely going to die when the bomb goes off. But I get the I get the meaningfulness of the conversation. Anyway, their solution uh, their solution is that they yeah I, th- uh, I think it was a little bit of uh, saying stuff that they wish someone had said to them yeah for sure uh, the solution is that they both strike a funny Doctor Who pose where they like kick their feet up on the tables and they say they're gonna evocative again of army of ghosts mm-hmm, and they say they're gonna get them to negotiate a treaty together and the way they do that is that they zap it's so good they zap the memory device that wipes the employees memories to make the Zygon and human forget which one is which and since they neither of them know what they want anymore, they both instantly agree. They both say stop the countdown and start yes, negotiating. Because, because the Zygons have the humans' memories. So, it's so they're both like This is a ganger situation. This again. is so good because they're both like, wait, I have all my memories, so I must be me. But oh fuck, that's what the Zygon would be thinking. Wait, which one? I- oh shit. Stop the countdown. <laughs> And, uh, you know, it's like the the eminent philosopher Carl Pilkington once said, the thing that would do me head in is, how would I know which one I was? <laughs> uh, I, I love this, though. It's so it's so smart. The idea that yeah, like, I love it. If if you don't know, you're like, we're going to come out of this negotiation and we're we're all going to find out which side we were actually on the whole time. The the best solution then for me is to compromise. I was actually thinking though when I watched this, um, what what is happening in the negotiation? Are they gonna are they gonna settle the Zygons on Earth? Are they gonna offer up one of our our own planets and our own solar system to the Zygons? Like what? We I never get this. We never resolve this. Uh, yeah, this is a dropped plot line. We never, we never, we never actually f- get any resolution to this. I mean, I but guess that like I thought the fine. moment was cool enough that I didn't really worry. I about guess it too you much. figure that they they struck up some kind of agreement, and I don't know, maybe the Zygons could settle well, on. We'll, this is this is the first of two specials. In uh, I think the next one is Time of the Doctor. It was called. It was called. Ha ha! Just kidding. The Zygons aren't fucking around. And, and then, Time of the Doctor. Yeah, they they all learn which ones they are, and then Human Kate just blasts their heads off with a shotgun. Damn, that's pretty cool. Uh, this is a, this is a, a, a good moment though, because, uh, oh, with Osgood, first of all, one of the Osgoods, we don't know which one is like, whichever one of us is the Zygon, I wonder what their clothes are made of. Is it made of Zygon flesh? Like what would happen if they took off their clothes? Like what would happen? (laughs) Like what, what's going on there? I don't like to think about it. Which is, which is fun because we learn in a moment that that is the Zygon who is... 
using Osgood's that? scientific mind to speculate about how Zygons work. She doesn't know. She doesn't know what she is. And then the other Osgood starts coughing, and the first Osgood realizes, oh, I have the inhaler. I'm the Zygon. But she gives it to human Osgood, and it's like, let's not tell anyone that we know which one we are. Which I thought she, was cool, because... I like it. She's like, from my perspective, I am Osgood. I just realized I'm not, but, like, that doesn't think... immediately flip a switch where I'm like, oh, well, then I'm going to be evil. <laughs> I, I still think this is a ganger situation. Now Osgood has memories of her family and no memories of being of a Zygon. That's going to cause a, little... a real existential crisis. It didn't occur to me until just now. It is a little weird that the Zygons seemingly have all their Zygon memories erased. Yeah, I don't get that, but I I think it's fine. I didn't we'll think about it at the it. time, so hey, it works. What is that well, called? Fridge logic? Sure. Uh, TV Trope says, crowning moment of, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's like the idea of if you don't think about it until later, d- is it a problem? <laughs> sure. I, I would say no. It doesn't bother me that that doesn't really make sense. It's fine. Uh, Clara, meanwhile, this part really bummed me out because Clara is looking at, like, a board of pictures of old companions, and I don't think we recognized any of them, which was kind of sad. Uh, no, I, I I don't know. I thought I, I thought I saw some vaguely familiar faces, but no, I didn't see, like, Ace. I was like, well, it's Ace. I don't know. There's I have to assume that the prop department put pictures of every companion on this board, and Ace was in the bottom right. <laughs> they went from chronologically, yeah, I was like, Susan... And Jamie was in there somewhere, and Zoe. I was looking for Jamie and Zoe. I was like, if any of them are going to be visible in the top left corner that we're looking at, surely it's them. But I didn't. They could have. They could have done a slow panning shot and played triumphant trumpet (laughs) over all the companions. They didn't. Sad. They could have played silly music as we look at a picture (laughs) of dumbfuck Leela. (laughs) She just loves killing, and I, I, I love that for her. We love Leela. We love Leela. Uh, Okay. So, uh, Clara talks to the war doctor who is like drinking some tea alone by himself. Uh, she says like the doctor that I know is always talking about the day that he did what you did, but then she realizes she like looks in his eyes. This is kind of an epic Clara moment, but I thought it was, I thought it was good where she looks in his eyes and she's like, there's. There's a sadness in the eyes of the doctor that I know that isn't in yours. This and is like some, this is a little bit Apollo Justice to me that she's seen this like <laughs> micro. My bracelet is tightening around my, my bracelet. Wrist. Yeah, my bracelet is tightening. You have not done the biggest genocide in history yet. I, this I, is not, I thought it made sense though. This is really funny because this means that the, this is the doctor's second genocide that he's planning. As <laughs> far as we know. I mean, th- let's be clear. The doctor doesn't give a fuck that he killed all the Daleks. No. He cares he that he killed all the Gallifreyans. Yeah, because the Dalek, like, who gives a shit about Dalek children? They're all slimy and gross. Mama! Yes. Mama! Papa! Papa! Oh, man, I made myself sad. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, jeez. So she, she tells him, like, just so you know, the doctor I know would do anything to take it back. And he's like, yeah, well, how many worlds has his regret saved now. Which I think is interesting both in terms of, like, the fact that the time war ended, and also... But also, he can't fix this. Like, if he fixes it, that's a bad... That's a problem. But also, I think think he was also talking about the fact that the Doctor's regrets, like, drive him to help people now. 
Oh yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So he so you you see his perspective where he's like this horrible horrible thing I'm thinking about doing it will have a net positive, I think. Like he he still believes, he's still convinced that it's the right thing to do. Um and she says she says something about like your eyes look so much younger than his and he says well it sounds like it's time for me to grow up which is a very funny line to hear coming out of john hurts of an 80 year old man yeah it's uh, pretty funny and rose watches him and uh he says oh the moment has come which is a fun little fun little well, yeah, i get it, i get it, i get it, i get it. uh and he he says he's ready, and Clara looks to see who he's talking to, and when she looks back, he's gone. Nobody's there. What? And this is the payoff to the line from way, way, way earlier, where uh, he is back in that abandoned building with the moment, and the box, since he last saw it, has transformed. And there is now a big, giant, golden lever... With a huge ruby on the end, and Rose says... I was says, very amused by that. And Rose said, hey... You asked for a big red you button. Wanted a big, you wanted the button. Here you go. And uh, he says something about like going going on that adventure with those men. I I saw that they were not me. They were the doctor. Oh, this was great. I like this where he says like great men are forged in the fire. What does he say? He says great men are forged in fire. No one it gives is the, the privilege of, of yeah. lesser men to light to the flame. Light the flame. I like that. That's cool. Do I necessarily agree with that? No, but it was a cool thing no, for him to say. In but that I I think. I think something that makes this episode work so well is that they really do a good job showing you what he believes and why. Yeah. And it's it's like he's he is prepared to do horrific things and I totally get why he feels that way. Yeah, it's a really like it's really impressive of this script to make uh do I genocide my planet, uh, like a meaningful and nuanced uh, decision for our character yeah, to make. It, you know, it helps. It helps that they have very clearly established in Night of the Doctor that people who are like nowhere near that conflict are like Time Lords or the fucking devil, right? They don't. Like, they don't. It doesn't matter to them that Daleks are like evil killbots because. You Whatever know. the Time Lords were doing was apparently so destructive. And again, we've the fucking Nestine consciousness was was like angry at the Ninth Doctor. Like, how could you let this happen? Right. What does the fucking Nestine consciousness have to do with this? I have no idea. That's how what did bad the doctor, this was. What did the doctors? What did the Time Lords do? What they happened were, were to they the just mannequins? Like, were they using like were they using other planets as like billiard balls to launch them at the Daleks? <laughs> I don't know, and I hope we never find out. No, I don't think we will. I don't think they'll ever. Go I, into I much think it's so much it. more impactful just just having characters in the universe just telling us it's so 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 bad. It's unforgivable what happened. This is an instance where I'd rather be told than shown. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh... So the what happens next uh oh yeah he he's like reaching for the button he starts thinking about the children on Gallifrey I like that there's I like that it, I guess it's possible that there's continuity to this and that like old school fans will get this I'm not really sure but 
there's a recurring image that the war doctor keeps thinking back to, which is like Gallifrey and children like running around a sort of maypole thing with ribbons. Yeah, I I didn't think that I didn't know. Nece- I don't think that was necessarily a like a callback. I but I mean it might be, but I thought it was just it, more it supposed might be- to be like. It was more supposed to just be like, here is, you know, this is tradition. This is, this is home to him. It's, it's yes, something I liked, folksy. I liked and- that we saw that he has like a specific, when he thinks about like innocent ch- children on Gallifrey having fun and living their lives, that he, he has this like, I don't know if it's like a memory of his, just something he thinks about fondly. I thought right. I thought it was a, a nice detail. He always used um, to take Susan, his granddaughter, uh, down to the Maypole Festival and watch as she ran around the Maypole or whatever you do. And this is where everything gets fucking epic because Rose interrupts him, like putting his hand, like hovering over the button, and she says, "You know, Doctor," or I don't think she calls him Doctor. He doesn't want her to call him Doctor, but uh, she says, "You know." Uh, Everyone says that that wheezing noise of the TARDIS appearing brings hope to anyone who hears it, no matter how lost they might be. Even you. <laughs> and two TARDISes appear, and the the Doctors plus Clara get out of the TARDISes, and uh, Rose calls them clever boys. Ding! Ding. Oh, you clever time lords! Uh, and I, I love this. The he's like, you, you shouldn't be here for this. And they say, hey, you're the doctor just as much as we are. You're just the one on the day where there was no way to get it right. So why should you have to do this alone? I like it. It's so good. And they, they all put their hands above the button together, and they say like we we all we all agree we're as we prepare to do this we know that it's not out of hatred or fear but only because we're thinking of the many lives that we would fail to save otherwise mm-hmm. and clara is crying watching this and one of them i think the 11th doctor probably asks like what what what's what's up clara and she says uh i i knew that this happened but I, I never pictured you doing it, which is it's a very very true. I, yeah. I, I don't think any of us ever imagined we the doctor imagine pushing a big red button to <laughs> kill Gallifrey. Yeah. <laughs> Especially not Matt Smith Doctor. Uh but there's a there's a moment here, the moment, haha, uh where Rose, the moment, projects an image of like war torn Gallifrey around all of them, and uh I have to imagine that everyone except the war doctor was incredibly confused by that. Mm-hmm. They just didn't know. Hey, do you remember Rose, uh, uh, Doctor? Do you remember, you know, she had a very big, uh, significant meaning to you. You probably not super, well, she's here, uh, tonight. She's here tonight! <laughs> she's here tonight! Hey, he doesn't know when she's from in the future. Maybe uh, the, maybe it was a Jody companion. Uh, and- oh man, I want to see this episode, but with Graham. <laughs> oh please! Oh please! Oh please! Well, Graham, Graham would be like, look, I know, I drove that bus. Sometimes <laughs> there, there is so no many. other way. I had, to, I had to be the racist bus driver. It was the only plan. <laughs> I'm going to fucking gaslight our audience into thinking that that was what the solution this was. This is what we do. I constantly lose track of what is our jokes. Uh, and I'm telling you that at the end of, of Rosa, Graham uh, had to kick Rosa Parks off the bus because 
because nobody else was but there he was to do it. The whole time. But you had to do it out of love, out of love for what Rosa Parks would go on to do. But it was very tragic in that moment. So uh, the Clara moment. is like watching these like people running in fear, and Clara is like, "These are the people that you're going to kill. Are you seriously okay with that decision?" And they're like, "Well, there's no other way." And she's she's like kind of disgusted with them. She's like, "That is." So that's so not up. that's so not the doctor the doctor he has a whole speech he has a whole code coat of arms that there's says, a like, real i would say if there's any clunker in this entire episode it's right here where right. she's like look at you a warrior a hero and the 11th doctor says what about me what do you see when you look at me and she says a doctor a tumbler boy and I have that. You could cut that one if you cut I, anything. Yeah. Cut that one. That did. That, that did nothing. That was nothing. That was, that was what was that? What was that? Steven, you you got almost all of it. It's okay. You had one that sucked. <laughs> you needed. He needed something for the gift sets, and that was going to be you know the picture of the picture of uh, of John Hurt, the warrior, the picture of David Tennant, the hero, the picture of Matt Smith, the doctor. This is the, the tum- part that you the- mentioned earlier, where she says, "You told me." I think. I think the episode in the series finale right before this was called The Name of the Doctor. I think uh, is so. what they're referencing here. She says, uh, you told me the name that you chose was a promise. What was it? And he says, uh, to never be cruel or cowardly. And another one of them says, to never give up and never give in. And Rose ends the projection. And the <laughs> I was doctor just... says, <laughs> yeah. The Tenth Doctor says, are we thinking seriously about... thinking about changing history? And the Eleventh Doctor says... Oh, changing history is something we do all the time. <laughs> I'm thinking about something it. way worse. I'm thinking about really fucking things up big time. And uh, this is such a great moment because it really feels like there's like a breaking of tension here where... Uh, oh boy, does the tension break, Sam. The 11th Doctor is like, look, I've been dwelling on this for 400 years and you know what? I'm not going to do it. And he just closes the moment. And the war doctor's like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? You know that w- if we don't use this, then there's a billion, billion Daleks above Gallifrey right now. And the 10th doctor says, yeah, but those Daleks would send reinforcements if they knew that there were three of us. <laughs> three of and them. then they all start jerking each other off, literally. <laughs> They have a they have a very a very sensual uh, moment together. It's yeah. okay. They, there's time travel, so they can do this for as long as they want. <sighs> Sam, we're getting so close to the defining moment of my week. <laughs> and uh, the war doctor uh, turns to Rose and says, "Thank you. You showed me exactly what I needed to see, Bad Wolf Girl. I could kiss you." And Rose says, "You will." And the tenth doctor says, "Wait, what did you just say?" <laughs> and I don't get that reference, but I liked it. And Clara says, okay, what what's going on here? It seems like you've all got a plan. What's going on? And they say, well, Gallifrey right now is surrounded by Daleks firing at the planet from all directions. So what if the planet ducked? What if the planet ducked causing all of the Dalek you know, ships Jordan, to shoot each other? You know, it's the oldest trick in I the book. This is, I feel like this <laughs> is pretty early for the final punchline of our entire podcast. This feels like this should be our final episode. Is I that they cannot saved, believe they that did the it ultimate again plan was is to make, what if Gallifrey ducked? 
It ducked out of the way and all the Daleks shot each other and The died. number of times that we have joked about ducking when you're surrounded by Daleks and laser men. <laughs> For this to be the brain blast solution, the, what if we the, just teleported Daleks? What if we what teleported if we took, Gallifrey out of the took, way? What if we took Gallifrey and pushed it somewhere else? And all of the Daleks would shoot each other and kill each <laughs> other. <laughs> I... I was despondent. I I couldn't speak English. I just, I just took a screenshot of the subtitles and sent them to you. I this reminds me of the feeling uh though uh, to be fair here's the difference for me because it did kill me but also we've been doing this <laughs> we've been doing this podcast for you know a handful like what 5 months, months or something a couple months you know we we're still really early on this is like when this is like when I said on Kylex why that I was never going to say grapefruit again in the next episode <laughs> Josh for the first time in 3 seasons said grapefruit like like it felt like the show was making fun of me like, like the show was trying to own and troll me. That's what this we have felt heard like. Your, we have heard your criticisms, and we would like to throw them back in your face. We want the doctor to make to make Gallifrey duck. But you know what? <laughs> I love it though. It's so good. It's so fucking on brand. Because it's, not only is it on brand, it's the fact that they've taken this concept that is fundamentally so ridiculous. Because it is a way that one person can just completely outsmart a group of enemies surrounding them. What if I just duck and you all shoot each other? And they have taken that concept, blown it bigger than you could have ever imagined. I certainly never would have imagined this. And then said, the key of this, it only works because the doctors are working together. It's not something like in the other situations where it's just, oh, I ducked, haha. It's not like Gallifrey can just be like, oh, let's just duck. It's it's like the thing that we always make fun of the show for, but totally different. It's very funny. That's all it's I can say. Fucking it's, hysterical. It's amazing. And and they they all turn to Clara and they say, if if we make Gallifrey disappear. The Daleks will all destroy each other, and to everyone else in the universe, it will appear as if they annihilated each other. While meanwhile, Gallifrey... Nobody will ever see this coming. ...is frozen in an instant of time, safe like a painting. What is... So, honestly for me, I don't... Like, I'm not super caught up in the minutia of it, but like... I don't totally get how this works. <laughs> is it... Are they... Are they... Are, are they freezing it, or are they putting it... Displacing it? So here's my understanding, because we didn't really get into this, but they there did seem to be some kind of dichotomy between the time stasis cubes and the paintings themselves. Right. So I think that what's happening here is they're not saying we are going to put Gallifrey in a painting. I think that what they're saying is we're putting we're Gallifrey in like a- the same technology that makes those paintings to put Gallifrey into stasis. Yeah, However... It it only works because they're all doing it with different stasis cubes, and they and they don't know if that's going to work. That's the key thing. They don't know if it'll work, and if it does work, they have no way of knowing where Gallifrey ends up. Yeah, like, I, I just didn't know, are they paused in time, or are they, like, just inaccessible? 
But honestly, based on the matter. cup of soup reference, I have to assume that they are paused in time, and that if they ever get popped back out, they will go, "Whoa, hey, hey, the dogs oh, are what? gone." Oh my! <laughs> Did we duck? Did it work? Maybe that's like the Time Lords number one, like when they teach you in Time Lord military training martial arts. All right, that soldier, can't, duck. That can't be the case because that would have been in the last day minisode. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're right. Uh, there's a funny, a funny joke here where Gallifrey High Command from earlier gets a message from the doctors and the general is like, dear God, three of them. <laughs> three of them. That was so funny. But, uh, uh and listen. they tell him they have a plan. They say, we're positioning ourselves around the planet. We're going to freeze you into stasis cubes. We don't know if it's going to work. Sorry we don't about know how it. it's going to work. It's All we know is that the dead. alternative is so much worse. And uh, But also they're like, how could you possibly do this? Okay. This, this is, is so this good. Is, this is the because best this shit is, ever. Again, Steven. Steven, Steven he's done Steven, it. Steven, Because Steven. this is a double callback. There's First of all, the fact that we've used the the time stasis cubes in multiple ways over the course of this story so that Good. when they introduce this concept we're like okay fucking sign me it's up it's really pretty crazy that they they disappeared a planet and it wasn't a complete like asshole is and really good on writing. top of that the general says encoding all of gallifrey into time stasis cubes would take hundreds of years call back to the sonic screwdriver the sonic screwdriver the doctor says don't worry we started a long time ago oh, it's so and a good. dozen tardises surround gallifrey Woo! and we see archive footage of I all the doctors we're looking at we're looking at we we got number 2 we got to see uh we got to see patrick troughton we got i'm not even going to make the joke names cuz i i do i do love love him we got to see john pertwee we got to see my 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 very 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 most specialist of boys we love the seventh doctor i love him so very much He's and we favorite. get a little cameo of peter capaldi that guys. was okay that was kind of sick is it was like they were, uh, this was like unprecedented, but I fucking loved it, and it was so good. It was like, uh, was is twelve even enough? And it's like, no, there's thirteen of us. And then we see Capaldi, like his eyes. Oh, so if you're gonna good. do this shit, fiftieth anniversary saving Gallifrey is special. the only time that you could do it. Absolutely, I, I, I fucking, I'm losing it. So it's good. so good. It's so. Fan servicey, it's so indulgent, but also it's fifty years. And speaking of fan servicey and indulgement, the the general says, "Okay, the Daleks are stepping up their assault. Do it, do it now." And eleven, oh goes, my god, Geronimo, and then ten goes, goes Z. Z. and the War Doctor goes, "Oh, for God's sake, <laughs> <laughs> Steven!" And Gallifrey gets zapped away into stasis, and all the Daleks shoot each other Woo! from all directions and explode and die. <laughs> Even the babies. The oldest trick of the book. And somewhere, I bet, I bet that Sylvester McCoy on his TARDIS, he's like, bravo! You love to oh see my it. God. I've, I only wish I could have done and this Peter myself. Peter Davison says whatever the fifth doctor says. <laughs> we don't know. We still don't, we, we still haven't met the, uh, met the, uh. And the, the sixth doctor says, yeah. yes. Yes. God. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's so funny knowing that the sixth doctor was the one that there were like mass complaints about the violence because he is, I would say, far and away the stupidest the looking doctor they've ever had. 
Listen, I I love McCoy, but I still think McCoy is so silly looking with his Riddler gimmick. And He's we love such it. a goofball. I don't. I can't. I, I can't. did learn. I, I did learn today uh, that uh, Sylvester McCoy and Colin Baker alike both hated their costumes as Doctor uh, Who. I get it. I get the it. The Doctor. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. What did you say? I said Doctor, Doctor Who. Who. Oh, I get it. But also, like time. Time. Hey, what? Hey, Time what makes if the fools of us all? Hey, what if? Hey, what if we get to name of the doctor? Because we've talked, we've alluded to the fact that the doctor has a name. Name it's Pretzel. What if we get to that episode and he reveals his actual literal name and he's like, "Well, you know how they call me Doctor Who sometimes. It's short for who? Doctor Who." Bustank. Oh, oh, that wasn't very. That wasn't very funny. I thought you were just going to say his name is short. I was for Doctor saying, who. I was. I, it wasn't a joke. I was just asking, "What if?" What I if don't think happens? his. I don't think his name is Who Bustank. No. Okay. Um we we cut to the gallery. Uh the war doctor, they're all they're all here with their TARDISes, and the war doctor uh says, I, I wonder if it worked. Did we did we fail to do the right thing instead of succeeding to do the wrong thing? Um and hey, look on the bright side. You either you killed everyone like you were going to, or, or you, you didn't. didn't. <laughs> at the very worst If you pushed the, ver- the button, you definitely would have killed at everyone. At the very least, he tried. They tried. They tried and to they, not. Uh, they look at the painting. Uh, they they wonder where did this painting come from anyway? No more or Gallifrey Falls or whatever it's called. Uh, we get some classic Doctor dialogue here, where they're they're wondering what the story is with this painting because we never actually found out where it came yeah, from. We never figured story. out. We just know that Elizabeth was the one who who found it, and uh, the tenth Doctor and the eleventh Doctor say like you know sometimes it. It just feels like there's always one thing that we just don't know anywhere we go. And the War Doctor says, I should certainly hope so. I love that. That's so good. I love, I love that, that just, if there's one consistent thing with the Doctor, it's that he always wants to not know everything. He wants to learn everything, but he never wants to run out of things to learn. But I I also feel like, yeah, he also is, I mean... He, you know, he can't know everything. The universe is infinite. Um, they, and he loves that. they are all ready to go their separate ways. This is the part where we find out because uh, this is like in his future and time locked and stuff like that. His memories are going to go away when he uh, when he leaves, which means that he he and them they will all think that they did do the deed. But uh, but the eleventh Doctor is going to leave here knowing that he didn't. So. <laughs> Even though he's gonna spend hundreds of years grieving for something yeah, there is, that he actually there is didn't some, do, there is some personality. Like, and also, I like that it's you know it's timeline ambiguous. Like, did they change history, or was this always what happened? You never, we don't know. We'll never know. Doesn't really matter. Also, but this well, is in in the next episode. He does find Gallifrey. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's so, probably gonna happen. Yeah, uh, they 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 say thank you, Doctor, and the War Doctor accepts that name for the first time, which like is it. lovely. And then he gets ready. Uh, and then to, the war uh, doctor, his his goodbye. He says, "You know, if I get to fuck Clara someday, I'm a lucky." <laughs> <laughs> if I get to if I get to bone down with Queen Elizabeth, nice. <laughs> Looks like nice. I've got to get my dick ready for some real escapades. Nice, nice, nice. Well, I haven't washed that thing the entire time I've been this old. He's warrior. like my my. I'm so old. My my dick is so. Crusty and old. I need to get a new one. Let me go on my TARDIS and turn into Christopher Eccleston. But yeah, he says in this moment he he's okay knowing that he's not gonna 
he's not going to remember that he did the right thing because he knows that eventually a future version of himself will learn that. So he's like, okay, yeah, I'm okay I with like carrying it. that weight. It's cool. Um, he also he doesn't have to carry the weight. He doesn't have to carry the weight that long because I mean, it's 400 well, years. Okay, I guess so. But but it's 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 considerably less time than it could be because he gets in the TARDIS <laughs> yeah. and he just immediately starts regenerating. Which but I. I was it's so really... funny. I've seen two regenerations right now, and mm-hmm. they're both like very like quick and painless ones. I've Which, been uh, told that they can get a little gnarly. Yeah, I was really curious about. Can is this just like wear and tear? Is is or is this like he's he has accomplished his his goal and he has just let go of his life or something? Uh, he he actually does say as he realizes that it's happening. He says, "I guess this is the end." You know, I have this body has worn thin, which apparently uh, is a callback that, to what Hartnell says when he regenerates. He uh, also he pulls up his shirt and he has a big like big gaping hole in him <laughs> that he's had this whole time. Uh, and yeah, he says, uh, his last line is, I hope the ears are a bit less conspicuous this time. God, do they gotta be? Okay, okay. Shots fired. Why Fucking they, get his ass. We know that, that Eccleston said that, like, him Stupid playing the ears. doctor. His, playing the doctor made him have, like, a lot of issues with his body and self-image, which, you know, I, I feel horrible for him. Like, that's very sad, and I love Christopher Eccleston, and I love him as the doctor. But come on, guys. Steven! Get his ass. Show some respect. We do. We do get to see. Like, uh, by the way, when we get the whole like doctor montage, I do feel like they gave Christopher Eccleston a pretty like extensive uh, uh, like shot. Like you see him and he says a line, and you see like full screen. Uh huh. I, th- I mean, I think the real thing with that was that they just had more had, footage. Yeah, and they had resolution. They had good footage of it, so they just made sure <laughs> you can see it. Um. Uh. And then he, yeah, he dies, but he dies with a big old smile on his face. We don't see Christopher Eccleston regenerate, no. by the way. We don't see him. Uh, and 10, 10 asks 11, uh, can you finally fucking tell me what that thing was that you refused to tell me about my future? And he says, well, I saw Trenzalore, our grave. We die in battle. And 10 is like, but, but that's not... That's not how it's supposed to be. And the 11th Doctor says, well, it, it is. There's nothing we can do about it. And the 10th Doctor says, <laughs> never say nothing. Uh, he shakes hands with Clara and says, I look forward to fucking you someday. <laughs> when does he say? He says, I don't want to go before he leaves. And that's like Tumblr gift set, crying emoji, crying emoji, crying emoji, crying emoji. Does he say that? He says it. Yeah, he says it. I is think, a- I think, I think all the doctors, I think they're saying they're, their post, their pre-regeneration lines, yeah. Because if okay. he said this old body's wearing thin, and then Tennant says, "I don't want to go," which is what what? Well, spoilers. I and guess. Matt Smith says, "I can't wait to get old." <laughs> he says, "I'm gonna be so old and so high. <laughs> I'm gonna be a real freak." Time for a change of pace. He says. <laughs> he says, "I can't wait to be a real fucking freak." Uh. So. Uh, he leaves. Oh yeah, no, yeah, you're right. He says, he says, uh, looks like I'll need a new destination because I don't want to go. And Eleven says, you always say that. Ha-ha. Uh, he leaves. Clara says, do you need a moment alone with the painting? And he says, yes, please. And then she tells him that there was an old man looking for him. Maybe the curator. Oh my God. Not sure. She gets in the TARDIS. This part. He's, he's sitting there me. looking at the painting for a little bit. And he says, you know. Maybe maybe someday I will retire and become a, mu- a museum curator. I think I could be a great curator. Oh and Tom Baker walks in and says, you know, I really think you might be right. <laughs> this, okay. I want to say two things. The first is, 
I see in your notes that you've wrote, you know, Tom Baker is the fourth. This is not the fourth doctor. This is, this is like the 500th so, doctor. Yeah. This is like, so Stephen Moffat was a man with a mission. He, he wanted to systematically dismantle British uh, popular culture by making bad TV shows. Uh, but when he took this, but when he took this, he job, wanted to take the empire down a peg. Uh, we respect, but he, he had a very specific goal with Doctor Who. So the legend goes, I've only heard this from our listeners that Stephen Moffat became the showrunner because all of his life as a child and, and going forward, he wanted to get rid of the, the li- limit of the doctor can only regenerate 14 times or whatever. Uh, so he said that he's going to become the showrunner and make it so he could regenerate as many times as he wants. Uh, I have also the, heard that from our listeners. The implication of this, though, is that this is a doctor who has lived an unknowably long amount of time and has just become so tired and so weary from his travels that he has finally, like, taken on this job as the curator. And it really chills my bones, and it makes me pretty sad to think about. Really? I thought this was a very I mean, I happy like it. ending. I like it, but also it's like, man, he just, he's, he'll just always be... He's everyone that he ever knows and everyone he ever cares about is going to, you know, grow out of, grow out of it, grow old and die. And, and he is just burdened with eternity to, to be and think and, and exist. And he can never rest. And, and, and eventually he just gets tired of it all and he stops traveling and he just becomes that a is, curator. It's that sad. Is a it's tragic. Very different read than I had. <laughs> I, my read of this was this is the doctor in his, uh, we don't know how distant future. I mean, this could be the fucking seventeenth Doctor for all we know. <laughs> yeah, well, I can't wait for Tom Baker. I can't wait for for Shuti Godwin to regenerate, and then it's Tom Baker again, and and the show ends. And the, but yeah. <laughs> I, to my read of this was very different. My read of this was he's going to go on his adventures. He's going to meet people. He's going to make friends. He might fall in love. The people will come and go. They might die. Some of them. But no matter how much he struggles, no matter how much hard, no matter how hard it gets, no matter how sad it gets, we know that at some point he will come back here and retire in peace and comfort and seemingly happiness. I mean, he seems happy, but I don't know. I just, he's an old man with his things, but he's got nobody. And he's, and, and also, we don't know his his brain. His brain. What has happened? We don't know. How much, how much can a person experience and, and before they, we don't know. I don't know. I just, that's that's what I liked though is it's the, it's the idea that for all we know, this is the five millionth doctor. Right. Like that fucks me up. That's scary. (laughs) I feel bad for him at that point. But does it fuck him up? I don't think so. To me, this was just. An old maybe, man maybe this, who is maybe, satisfied yeah. with the adventures he's had. And has <laughs> he's achieved. To he after living for two billion years, he's hundred percented reality. <laughs> he's done everything. This is this is it. This is the doctor. Once he has checked off the final thing from his list of things to learn, he's like, he's oh, I like, got, I've, I'm done. I'm done. I got it. Fine. Well, uh, there's a joke in The Simpsons that Marge is, has a list, and it says find find out what Chutney is, and that was his last his <laughs> last task. He's like, by the way, somehow by, I never quite got around by, to it. By the way, what is Chutney? Oh, it's just like but a, you know what? Yeah, I think it's important to note he's outgrown the scarf, and maybe given it to his granddaughter Osgood. <laughs> I lo- yeah, I, th- I think why not? You know what? Honestly, though, why not? Why Fine. Not? Why, Why not? not? No, that's cool. I like it. 
Though this isn't the fourth doctor. This is not Tom. This is not the fourth no, doctor. No, no. I, I wrote down elderly fourth doctor because, uh-huh. because I think that from what I was reading, people were like, oh, it's ambiguous whether this is the. Come on. It's got, it can't be this the fourth. This is the fucking doctor. Don't be an idiot. Yeah. How could you watch this and be like, it's just an old man? <laughs> like, it's what obviously. Is, who, an he, old he says, the, Tom Baker says, like, you, in the years to come, you might just revisit a few faces, some of the old favorites or something like that. I don't know what Stephen was thinking when he wrote that, but that's fine. I don't care. Uh, moving on, uh, the fourth doctor, uh, sort of alludes to where he got this painting. He doesn't tell us, but he says, I, I acquired it in some very peculiar circumstances that maybe a Doctor Who writer can figure out in Later. 50 years or so for the 100th anniversary. <laughs> for the no. Do you th- Sam, do you think there's going to be a Doctor Who 100th anniversary special? I mean, I... I would never have guessed that any show would have a 50th anniversary special like this, but here we I are. I mean, Simpsons soon, you know, it's going to be Simpsons oh, 50th anniversary. And it's going to be their worst episode yet. <laughs> Bart meets, uh, Bart meets, uh, Ninja. No, they already did that shit. Bart meets, <laughs> Bart meets Andrew Tate. And, uh, it doesn't go well from there. It's it's a love letter to the history of The Simpsons, in which Bart gets in on the latest TikTok trend at the at the time that they're writing it. Homer is reminiscing of his childhood in the early two thousands, um, and Bart is uh, is was born in two thousand fourteen. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, he says, what do you think of the title? And the 11th Doctor says, "What? which which one is it? Is it No More or is it Gallifrey Falls? And he says, ah, everyone gets that wrong. It's Gallifrey Falls <laughs> No More. It's <laughs> Gallifrey Falls? Question mark? No, more. <laughs> uh, so the 11th Doctor, he like really perks up at this. He's like, is, is, is Gallifrey really out there somewhere? And the Doctor goes... How should I know? I'm just a museum curator. <laughs> I don't even... But you know, things get lost all the time. Seems you have a lot to do. He's and going funny. Like, he's going funny. Watch out, everybody. He's like, oh, am I... Yeah, they they, they, they have some antique Tommy tokens. <laughs> That's too specific a reference. Specific, I'm sorry, yeah. patreon.com. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> So the 11th Doctor, he's like, oh my god, am I supposed to go looking for Gallifrey? And the Doctor, the 4th Doctor, whoever he the is, writer, is like, The writers will get to it eventually. Just don't worry says, about it. He says, I can only tell you what I would do, but if I were you... And he, he taps his nose knowingly and says, who knows? And he that Because he's saying, this is my who knows. <laughs> and these are my who ears, and these are my who eyes. Goodbye. And... You know what? I've I've had some shit to talk about the Doctor Who opening and ending episode narrations, but Earth. I really like this narration at the Earth. end. Population. <laughs> the Big Apple. Uh, Eight the billion Doctor clever humans. He's like, Clara always asks if I dream. Obviously I do, just like anyone. I dream about where I'm going. And Clara says, what do you mean? You're not going anywhere. You're just wandering about. But now I know that that's not true. I'm going where I've always been going. Home. The long way around. That's great. It's good. And then the episode ends with a shot of all the doctors lined up. It's good as hell. But what I loved about this... Do you like the, the first doctor's, like, front and center? Like, in the he's in his own row. 
I I like cool. that because it made me think back to the thing with the the sonic screwdrivers, same software, different case. The idea that at his core, this is all one man who has lived an inconceivably long life. I thought that was great. It's cool. And I think that this show has so much uh, bullshit to juggle that it is hard to create a continuity for it. And it's hard. Uh, it is. But I think that the idea of accepting some of that chaos in it, too, works out. But also just, like, seeing them all in one place is fucking cool. And I like yeah. that. Yeah, and we get, a, we get an end credits montage of all the different Doctors. It's it's really great. It's good as hell. A plus. You A plus in it? I'm A plus in it. This is... Uh, you I, know what? I, I th- yeah, I think I'll A plus it, too. This is my favorite I have a hard time imagining that I will ever like any Doctor Who <laughs> as much as this. Which is Isn't a sad it? thought that it's all downhill from here. But I look forward to rolling dinosaurs no, on a spaceship no, no, next no. week. No, 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 no. Don't think of it as downhill. There's some really good episodes we haven't seen. Well, this is this is what's weird because I I love the idea of Doctor Who having this hanging over it of like someday. Obviously, we know that in the next episode, the Eleventh Doctor dies. Someday, and I, I doubt it's happened already. A Doctor is going to find Gallifrey. I I think that's great and. I I don't care if we ever see it. I Oh yeah, I no. Think, I think I I think the show is better off if they never show it. But yes. And I I think it's interesting because I can imagine a version of this where it feels like a cop out like, "Oh, come on. You spent 7 seasons showing this man like grieving over the mistakes of his past and the horrors that he did and was it a mistake blah 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 all that is so interesting." But I don't know. I feel like at a certain point, it's more interesting to say, no, fuck that. That he didn't do it. And now, and now we're totally recontextualizing everything that came before it. I, I thought it was really good. I, I, I didn't know you had it in you, Steven. I thought this was Steven, Steven can, Steven can do it. I, no respect to Steven, but he can write a good episode of Doctor Who when he wants, <laughs> when he, when the, when the conditions are right. Uh, and when he's not trying to run a show, he can write a good episode. Um, I think in terms of this as a celebration of Doctor Who, it worked really well. It all hit all the nostalgia buttons, hit all the nostalgia buttons for me for, for things that I had seen upwards of three to four weeks ago, uh, which is pretty <laughs> funny. Uh, uh, but, but, uh, worked really well. I, I, it I was very wish... funny to be like, Hey, it's Tom Baker. I just yeah. saw him. <laughs> I saw him last week. Tom! <laughs> but, you know, would this have been better if this was like Doctor Huh episode 90? Yeah, probably, but also that's the nature of this podcast, and that's why I like the chaos. Yes, and I look forward to rolling the fart champion. Yeah, the fart say, champion of Fart we're gonna Chalon a, 69. We're going to get another fucking time, time fall or whatever. What's it called? What was that garbage called? Time... Time oh, pe- uh, flux. Uh, flux. Oh, we get flux episode three. Poopy on planet Doopy. <laughs> and we're like, ah, oh, well, them's the breaks. Sad that Jody doesn't get to be in this one, but you know, <laughs> I hope that I hope that I hope that the let me let me leave before we like wrap this up. Let me just say, I hope that the next big doctor jamboree that we get to see is even 
four tenths as good as this one because I don't <laughs> like I I've sh- I've heard about the five doctors. I'm 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 willing to 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 you know we will maybe the see five that five doctors for- featuring archive footage of Tom Baker who refused to come back because <laughs> he was mad. <laughs> I thought it was a wax figure of Tom Baker or something. No, 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 no. That, uh, yeah, who posted that in the Discord today? That was that was, like a joke? That was uh, Ironicus posted that oh. from Crazy Ass Moments in Doctor Who History. Uh, Tom Baker, and I'm not going to get into the whole story because we've been running extremely long, but how would we not on this episode? Uh, he refused to come back for the five doctors. Short explanation he had just finished being the doctor like a year and a half before. And he was like, you really want me to come back? And also he didn't, he didn't like the direction that the new producer had taken the show in. So he refused to come back. And there is a promo photo shoot for the event where the producer had brought a wax figure from Madame Tussauds because he was like, I don't think Tom's fucking showing up. He hates my guts. (laughs) Tom Tom Baker said uh, uh, he said he said Tom Baker misses me too bad he's such a terrible shot hey whoa but his aim is getting better right that's what it is all right unfortunately it is time to find out what shit we've got in our future (laughs) the invasion of the space diapers I don't know why I'm just so sure that next week's episode is gonna suck ass (laughs) I'm sharing my screen. Let's see. Uh, let's see here. We have a 6.5% wait, chance of wait, ever wait, seeing wait, Eccleston wait. again. <laughs> that makes every time we watch an Eccleston, I get so fucking sad. I get so sad. We got We've a never... one in four chance of Capaldi. I really want to see Capaldi again. I want to see Capaldi. I want to see Capaldi and Bill. Capaldi and Bill. I want to, Come on. Hey, I want which, a good episode with Capaldi and Clara. Which which, which doctor? Uh, let's say I'm gonna say Capaldi. Give I want us Capaldi. Let's go. Here we go. Oh! Oh my God! You have got to be no fucking, fucking kidding way! Me. Come on! Come on! This is a well. Joke. Next week we will be watching series seven, episode thirteen, <laughs> the, name the name of the Doctor. The next episode, huh? <laughs> Wait, the previous episode, right? The one before this, right? <laughs> yeah. I hate this stupid podcast. Come on! It's your idea, bitch. I. <laughs> That's so dumb. Let's see what. Let's see what the critics said. Positive reviews. Possibly the best finale we've seen. Okay, oh, right. I saw I saw the phrase, the revelation about Clara, so I'm just going to go ahead and close that. The revelation that Clara was super epic. Oh, don't... Sorry, you're still looking at my screen, aren't you? Uh, yeah, you're looking at face meat. Uh, yeah, this is related to the message that we got this week. <laughs> I wasn't just looking at face meat for no reason. Um, well, let's... Speaking of messages, let's uh, let's get to it so we can wrap this up. This episode's hella long. It is. Uh, we are on Patreon at patreon.com slash potting bros. If you like us, you can support us there. $1 a month gets you a mildly special discord role marking you as a friend of the show. You get access to all of our bonus content. Uh, we've got friend of the show sauce is listen. Oh, I say friend of the show companion of the show sauce is uh, listening through the fanfic episodes from secret lifetimes. And I think liked it. I, I hope liked it. It's it's our it's our legacy and Check it's a beautiful legacy. Uh just just the other day we posted our second episode where we completed the serial that we keep fucking referencing City of Death with the fourth good, doctor. Very good one. I like that one a lot. Well, it very was very silly. Very silly. I think <laughs> good. We found out that a an alien created the human race so that he could sell the Mona Lisa to us several times. 
to buy a big battery. To buy a really good battery. Uh, $5 gets you a pretty special Discord role marking you as a companion to the show. You can get a shout out in the podcast. You can send us a message that will read in one of our funny, funny voices. $10 gets you an incredibly special Discord role marking you as an honorary member of House D'Souza from the bus episode that I forget what it's called. Salute. We salute we will, you, D'Souza. We will salute you, but more importantly, we will, we will clap, clap for you yeah. while we shout you out. And also you can listen to the podcast live while we record it. Thank you to our $5 and $10 subscribers. Dan Big Challenge of Silva, JCH, Roy, Sauceworks, Stephanie Bolding, Stephanie Karen, Tasty Sea Sponge, and House D'Souza themselves, Cassidy, Destry Hawk, and HK. Fuck yeah. Yay! Bravo! We got a message this week. Uh, this is from Stephanie Karen. Who read the last one? Oh, you read the McChicken copy pasta. <laughs> we did. This I is a request did. from Stephanie. Uh, which uh, is a Hillary voice request. Okay. <laughs> we've done that one in a while. Jesus, Sam, we've been going for two hours, 49 minutes. It's a big one. The big one. I saw this and knew it needed to be read in Hillary voice. Here it is. Number 15, Ham Clown. This ham <laughs> looks like it wants to tell me a funny joke. <laughs> is that it? That's it. That's pretty fucking good. I, I haven't that. watched number 15 ham clown yet. I really love that people now associate just number and then a number with Hillary. <laughs> because Roy said that our Hillary voice Hillary sounded voice like, like chills. chills. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw that running around in my living room. I would jump up and down on him until he was a small brown stain on the carpet. That's a freebie. Yeah, but I don't, you know, I pay for that one. Okay, Sam, I'm tired. <laughs> but you should in retrospect. I'm tired. I'm tired of this podcast. I'm tired of you. I'm tired of me. Let's wrap this shit up. We're on co-host at Dr. Huh. I'm on co-host at Positive Stress. Jordan is on Twitter at Bradipus Rex, Tumblr at Punish Breakfast, and we are on Tumblr at Dr. Huh. Huh? We're on Noisepace.xyz, the podcast network with other podcasts that we like and you like. Island Shuffle, The Wonder Yerks. My gay friend's uh, chainsaw dog sanctuary. Wonder what that one's about. Pot of greed. Jordan, yeah, you have a new Kamarocho Radio episode. New Kamarocho Radio is out. We finished the Sajima chapters of Yakuza Four. Pretty good. Bad Yay. game. Good story. Yay! Uh, on zero to zero, we have finished Blade Two, and now we have finished Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver Surfer. God, that movie had a horrible ending. Please listen to that episode. It was a real brain puncher. On Sounds About Light, we are currently doing the Kingdom Hearts 2 Disney World revisits, but very soon that means that we will be finishing Kingdom Hearts 2. You're about to get to, to the good world that shit. never was. The good Mama shit. Mamma Mia. Oh, that's so a good. spicy meat to ball. So fucking good. I'm um, just looking at this meat face. Uh, the ham clown. Uh, any, anything we, else? Yeah. Well, we had a big episode. We had a big episode. Uh, big moments, big, but. Don't ever forget the roots. Don't ever forget where you come from or where you're going. And I think to help our listeners anchor themselves into their faith, um, I think we should lead our our friends in a prayer. Do you think you could lead us in the doctor's prayer? For once, I would love to. And I think never <laughs> has the, has it been more deserving of me not fucking with it and doing some dumb shit. Besides, I love uh, I love the idea that you. I love the idea that this episode is good enough that it makes you deliver the doctor's prayer with sincerity. I, that's, no way. that's true. I actually, Jordan, the stuff that I'm about to say, I actually believe it this time. Holy shit, don't say that. May your life flow like a river. May your days smell sweet as a rose. 
May your nights be calm and still as a pond. May you be as lucky as an ace in a game of blackjack Harkness, who giveth them the flux capacitor or whatever it was called. <laughs> Time vortex. May Dan the nice man smile nicely upon you, and may the doctor light your path through time. Booyah! That's, that's what the, the that's kizzle what, That's that's what that's what the that's what the fiftieth doctor is going to say when he presses. <laughs> Booyah! And he's going to be played by a hundred and fifty year old Tom suck Baker. on suck on these. He'll say, Alan D's. <laughs> Doctor Bye. Doctor Bye. Bye. Bye.